Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the only podcast we're pretty sure that brings you the best, the brightest, the strangest, the sexiest TV shows and film properties to stream right from your home. In an ocean of streaming networks vying for your attention, we are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast, your curators of content. Beautiful. Well done, sir. You nailed it. I can't can't mess it up with Andy here. He is uh, is my own bastion. He is your rock. He's the bastion of the bastions. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's bastions all the way down. We thought it was turtles. That's a philosophical reference. Don't worry about it. Phil got it. What was the boat? There's two things Phil knows. It's philosophy and Mary Todd Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) MTL, baby. If you don't know MTL, you don't know shit. He's also apparently a woodworking aficionado. I've been messaging him about building a resin uh, table. I'm pretty excited about it. Is he, is he walking you through it? Uh, no, not really. I mean, like he, 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 <laughs> he ignored my text. <laughs> no, he, he gave me some tips for like how to uh, like get bubbles out of the epoxy and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, there's, I, I don't know where to get the wood. And he was like, well, we deal in like huge $4,000 pieces. I'm like, yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah, um, where can I get some, some cheap wood on the low? Yeah. So you got some ply. He said he's going to look into it for me. We'll find out. Maybe you could find a, I don't know. Can you, you can't just, I can't, I assume you can't just go chopping around trees. You, you probably got to get a license or something. I'm sure. A, a chopper license. <laughs> Officer, I got my tree license right here. I, I can chop whatever tree I want. Son, you got to have at least a thousand hours under that ax before I'll give you a license. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, sir. You, you put like student ax person on the actual blade. <laughs> yeah. And you got to have like. 500 hours of tandem axing before you're you're able to, you know, go out solo on that. So hold the axe and I'm going to come from behind you and also (laughs) hold the axe. Yes. That's how I learned how to chop wood. Yeah. Do some VR training. The question I'm really wondering, and maybe you should ask Phil, Andy, is how much wood could a woodchuck chuck? I've been wondering that myself. Yeah. It's just, I'm just questions for patron Phil. You mean like if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Precisely. Mm. That's what I'm getting at. But uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for frequent listeners. Thank you to new listeners. Uh, We've got a wonderful episode in store for you. We've all witnessed the glory that is Matt Reeves, the Batman. So who wants to touch us? (laughs) Are you not entertained? Uh, We'll be doing a full breakdown and review of that at the top of the show. And of course, a crossing stream segment before that. Uh, I don't really think I have a whole lot of personal business or anything uh, silly to add this week, fellas. It's been a, just a standard week here. There you go. I mean, other than World War Three, your pandemics, all that stuff we're used to now. Other than that, not a whole lot of developments. Uh, I had one development. We'll share it. I had my improv class uh, presentation last week. How'd it go? Went phenomenal. If you guys don't know, I've been taking improv classes and this is our class finale where we actually had to perform in front of strangers in front of an audience. And was it a big turnout for the old improv show? Yeah, actually it was. There was a lot of people there. Like that room was packed. I was very surprised, but I was also very surprised by how much easier it was to do improv with a crowd. Because you get to feed off them. Yeah, I got to feed off them. You know, you kind of can feel what's working and you can kind of keep going in that direction. And mm-hmm. it was a it was a lot of fun. And, uh, 
you know, I, I, I had one joke that I'm pretty proud of. Um, we were doing a hold the line game, which is basically if you've seen whose line it is, is it anyways? It's those games where like Drew Carey will be like something you do in a car. And then one, they'll come up one at one at a time and, you know, say a little joke and walk back, you know? Yeah. And so our prompt was like world's worst pilot. And, you know, everyone's going up there and they're like pretending that they're asleep at the wheel and stuff yeah, like that. Your standard low hanging fruit. Right? right. But Steve. And then I got up there and I was like, my name, Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> fucking brought the house down. I'm not kidding. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. We did uh, we did a lot more games. I'm taking uh, the 200 level course today was the first day that we did that. I, I know I was supposed to join you, but I, I chickened out. That's okay. This class actually. That's okay. <laughs> My expectations for you, very low. Well, <laughs> you should do the 100 class with Andy or something because the 100 class is very like, oh, come on in, play around, have fun. Oh, shit got serious? The 200 level class is like, okay, we're not talking, we're not doing jokes in this class. We're talking about, this is more of an acting class um, than necessarily an improv class. It's all about like the okay. relationships. Your prompt is your Syrian real. refugee. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. It's more like more, the you, want the, you want the audience to be able to see themselves in the performance. So mm. it's a lot of like, Andy, you're my mother. So, and I'm your son. And so we have to really connect on that level. So maybe a mother and son in the audience will be like, oh. I get that. I, that happens to me with my son all the time. I see. That's just me right there on stage. I and, and my that's, son too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not necessarily jokes going back and forth, but just trying to make a believable relationship. You know, you're trying to talk me into thinking I made a good decision, but that sounds more interesting. It honestly was, it was. The, the 100 class was a lot of fun for sure. And I did learn some stuff, but there was a little bit of an element of, you know, we're just fucking around. We're just whatever. Yeah, look at those crazy kids. Yeah. Crazy theater kids. And this class was much more, we have a different instructor who's very much like, no, I'm serious. I'm going to tell you about concepts that you guys need to work through and figure out if you want to progress. And it was a very interesting and uh, it, it was still a lot of fun, but it was also a lot more uh, gratifying, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're having such a good time with it. Improv Cincinnati I, for anybody who's around. Yeah, I, I, I respect your bravery for engaging with that. And, uh, you it's know, cool stuff, man. I don't have that. I don't have that gene. I'll invite you guys to the next showcase. I would love to come. Yeah. I'll be there. See it happen live. I'll invite you guys to the next showcase. But I'll make no plans to come because it's it's improv. So just spring it on me. Yes. And <laughs> you can email the show, as you know, at any time by going to well, emailing streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to the show at various tiers for various rewards at patreon.com slash streaming things. That's patreon.com slash streaming things. And thank you to our current grassroots early adopter Patreon subscribers. Steve, take it away. My name is Vengeance, and I want to thank Phil. I also want to thank Carmelita and Gary for cleaning up the streets of Gotham. Enza, you'll be stopped. I know what you're up to. Thank you, cake. Where's the cake? Where's the cake? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Daniel. I'm still looking forward to your movie coming out. (laughs) Everything, everywhere, all at once. (laughs) The Daniels. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Sarah. Elo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. (laughs) that was a batman voice Uh, that was very well done steve 
Thanks. I yeah. practice it Thanks all morning. <laughs> I appreciate it. In the, in the mirror, in the yeah. bathroom? Yep. Uh, I was your flexing while doing it. Pippin, Pippin, go outside and go pee. <laughs> So my dog. If, if you would like to join uh, Steve's hilarious and heartfelt gratitude list, again, go to patreon.com slash streaming things. Quick reminder, we started our, you know, our roots, the grassroots movement uh, back when we used to <laughs> take the bus uh, was around the show Stranger Things. That's where this show originated. And that's coming back, baby. Season four, uh, May 27th, I think. I think so. Yeah. And then July 1st is the second part of season four. So, uh, yeah, if you're if you're if you've been a fan since 2016 and you're waiting for us to talk about Stranger <laughs> Things again, some of them have been yeah. no, for sure. Uh, There's some people who like, have not been listening this whole time and just like, are they doing Stranger Things yet? No, nope. nope. still out. <laughs> <laughs> Wish we get it yeah. back to our, uh, you know, Dr. Brenner impersonations and, and finding chocolate pudding. All that stuff will be happening I soon. I understand the impersonation. I've been here the yeah. whole time. Well, I, I don't like to you know, put you out there. And he won't man. let me out. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps changing the mood like in the dining room <laughs> sometimes his girlfriend comes over and they make me watch <laughs> sets the mood for the dudes <laughs> sets the mood for the dudes <laughs> i spent all day on that for him and he didn't even thank me i've looked all over this house eleven's nowhere to be found <laughs> i do like a like a lightweight bane when i do my dr brenner <laughs> it's bane before the juice <laughs> you merely adopted psychic powers Where's Eleven? The streets shall run with Razzy Zazzy. <laughs> From the Harley, Harley Quinn cartoon. <laughs> so good. That's so the good. best iteration of Batman. Uh, I think that brings us to our Crossing Stream segment. <laughs> Crossing Streams is the segment where each week... We talk about the things we've been streaming since last we met. Andy! Sir. What have you been streaming? You guys heard of the uh, the new thing that's popular in culture right now? I, I, for a second, thought you were specifically talking about the remake of The Thing. No, is there like, a Have you heard about the, the, new thing thing the new thing from 2011? <laughs> They're giving Josh Trank another chance. Uh, Elden Ring. Oh, the new uh, PlayStation Classic. game. New from software game just came out. I have been balls deep in that game. Mm. And it is so hard. And it is frustrating and it's terrifying. I don't smoke anymore. I, I quit smoking. I don't know if I brought that up on the show yet, but Proud I, of you. I quit smoking. Proud Thank you. you. I don't stay. I, I found out how bad I stink. Like my sense of smell has come back and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Like when I smell my friends that smoke now, I'm like, holy shit, you stink. Like that was me for like 18 years. <laughs> Make sure you tell them. Right to their just like, just, yeah. bro, you stanky. Well, I'm leaving. That's how putrid you are. But so anyway, this, this is the type of game that like I would play it before, and like I would take a smoke break like every 15 minutes out of like frustration and anxiety. Um, and I have done really well not wanting to smoke uh, for the past like I don't know, month or so. And uh, the closest I've come to like just dropping everything and going buying another pack of cigarettes was uh, playing Elden Ring. It's so fucking hard, <laughs> but dude, the graphic- I know that you die a lot, but I've you never do. played them. So are the stakes high in the sense of, I mean, do, what do you lose a lot of things? Yes. Yeah, so you, you there's one form of currency in the game. Um, and, and like the Dark are Souls games, Elden Rings? it was called uh, Souls. In this, it's called Runes. No, but it's like hmm. you accrue runes when you were fighting enemies and stuff and uh, you use those to either buy things or level up and if you die you lose your runes and they're sitting there on your corpse and you got to run back to your corpse and pick it up 
And if you die on your way back to your corpse, then they just disappear. Um, so it's, there's Damn. pretty much always stakes. And at any time, uh, another player could uh, invade your game and kill you and take your runes. Really? Um, yeah. There's a PVP, a, little, a PVP aspect. I'll there take your runes. Just like you could be in the middle of a boss fight and they'll be like, so-and-so invaded your game and just be like, fuck. Um, he could ride, he could, and he could, he could prance by on a horse and just. Do you, do you have to invade other people's games? You don't have to. No, okay. It's, it's just, just for the. Have you invaded? I, I no, not on this game. I did on like Dark Souls one way back in the day. Um, just a couple of times just to see what it was like. But yeah, you're just in generally a nice guy. So yeah. I can't see. I can see you hopping in and being like, hey, man, you're doing a good job. Yeah, I, I, I would more do like the. You almost part. got him. Could, could, <laughs> you, could you invade someone's game and help them take down the beasts? Yeah, well, that's you don't invade in that point. You are summoned. But yeah, ah. you, you can. There's a cooperative aspect to it, too. So I, that's more my bag of tea. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's more my tea bag. <laughs> That's what that expression is. Yeah, yeah. Totally perfect, fits. Perfectly. Yeah. My bag of tea. That's not my brand of tea bag. <laughs> That's my tea bag, baby. Yeah. <laughs> With lemonade. Um, but so, so good. Lemonade in your tea. Do it. Oh, man. Yeah, sorry. We found this out. I unlocked. Steve discovered an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> That's <right. laughs> a hot Arnold Palmer. It's it a hot Arnie Palmy. It was amazing. Oh, my God. I kept, kept walking around calling it my hot toddy all day. Right. Oh, I loved it. I think so, that's its own thing, by the way. Yeah, you know, it is. No, okay. but like I, I like saying hot toddy, and I never have an excuse to say it. And that hot seemed toddy. like the this is the only chance I'll have, even though it's not correct. <laughs> it's what I've been training for. But anyway, all that is to say, all that is to say is that despite the frustration of that game, when you do succeed, it is immensely gratifying. And there's like this sense of accomplishment that you don't really get from other games. Like I just uh, beat and hundred uh, percented uh, Horizon Forbidden West. It was wonderful. It was a great story. Uh, really well done, really excellent uh, voice acting and writing and uh, some of the best graphics I've ever seen in a game. Uh, but there's no like sense of uh, true triumph, true. Uh, yeah. Triumph, accomplishment, whatever. Uh, when you like take down a boss or something a little bit, but not to this extent. Like I just beat like the first boss in Elden Ring and it was it took me like 20 something tries to do it. And but when I finally got, it, I was like, "Oh my god, I fucking did it!" <laughs> you no know? one's around. You start looking around. <laughs> right, Penny, Penny, I did it. <laughs> uh, Penny the dog, I did it. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really cool, and uh, it, the writing is weird. So it's uh, the world was established by George R. R. Martin uh, of Game of Thrones fame, and uh, mm, some, someday doing. wins a winner. We'll, we'll see mm. when, if that ever happens. <laughs> but. Um, so the world, the lore was established by him, but the game was written by um, this guy, Miyazaki, who um, he intentionally makes everything nebulous. And the reason that he does it is really cool. When he was a kid growing up, he loved to read fantasy novels in English, but he didn't really understand English all that well. So he only kind of got a general idea of what was happening, but in a way it made it more exciting for him. Because like he was just sort of getting these little bits and little bits of the overall. So it's like reading Harry Potter and, you know, not understanding what a wand is. But like he's using a thing and that thing is doing magic. And, you know, it's like so he obviously knows knows English now and uh, he but still likes to impart story in a way that like is sort of a learn it for yourself over time kind of thing which is really cool. Um, also really, really inaccessible as far as like, if you just want 
somebody to tell you a story, it's like you have to like read the description of items and stuff to really understand the story in this. It's kind of like Destiny. It's just like there's a great story there. You just kind of have to work really hard to figure out what it is. You got to work for it. Uh, but so that's where most of my free time is gone is playing Elden Ring. Um, I finished the after party. The season finale dropped yesterday and it was uh, fantastic. Uh, kind of saw it coming a mile away, but it's not the destination. It's the journey. And I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm really excited that it got renewed for season two. I'm kind of bummed that it's just like they're sort of doing a knives out thing where it's like taking um, what, what's the lead actress's name? Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Thank you. Um, they're just taking her and taking her to another, you know, I guess another after party. I don't know. I don't know how you take that <laughs> story and move it on somewhere else. But essentially, it's going to just be her as a detective solving another, you know, crime somewhere. Uh, presumably a party will be involved. Uh, kind of wrote themselves into a corner there, huh? But yeah, it's uh, not as open as as Knives Out. It's sure, the after party, right? Um, but uh, so I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the after party a lot, and uh, it's on Apple TV Plus. If anybody is interested, in it. it's uh, created Please. by Christopher Miller, produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller of uh, Twenty One Jump Street and Into the Spider Verse fame. Good shit. I started Severance. I haven't watched. I didn't get to finish the first episode, so I'm not going to speak on it yet. But I will say super mm. intrigued. Thank you for the recommendation, because I can tell I'm going to love it. I just haven't gotten far enough into it to but you've gotten far enough to see like some of the great composition they have in that show. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very uh, like, you know, what I'm talking about when like, like scene to scene, like when especially when Adam Scott's entering the building, like, oh, yeah, look yeah. at that symmetry. Really, look at those really clean like, lines, clean lines, really sterile, I think is intentional. They're trying to give it like a real corporate feel. Yeah. It's not like fun symmetry like Wes Anderson. It's it's you know it's a sterile austere uh, uh, austere sure yeah it's a great word yeah um, take that suck it Phil yeah, yeah Phil. Phil fuck you piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and little camera things like when Adam Scott uh, gets in the elevator and you can see the severance uh, effect take place just this tiny little uh, like chromatic abrasion or whatever you call it i guess i yeah. don't know it was almost like a dolly zoom but like an itty bitty one yeah and itty bitty dolly zoom that's super, what they're called yeah can but, we get an itty bitty dolly zoom but the effect of it was fantastic you know what i mean like in uh less accomplished hands it would have been like a big light change and you know like a slow-mo and his head's waving around but it was just this little he closed his eyes and the camera just did a slight adjustment and like it was like oh it happened and it was really cool um so that is going to be awesome but again like all i can say is like the first like 10 minutes are really good solid guys. first you know, 10 solid tight, 10 minutes it's a type five is what they call five. that in the biz type and five. it's uh ben stiller I, I i don't know if he's done yeah. much lately um like the last thing that i can think of was walter mitty which i fucking love that yeah movie. that movie's underrated yeah. I, I adore that movie it's actually pretty low rated yeah it's a fantastic movie. I don't understand why it's, it's underrated, it's, but it's heartwarming. So I did rewatch that recently. I don't need to harp on it. I think I've talked about having watched it mm -hmm. previously on the show. I love the shit out of that movie. So I, I go back to it frequently. Other than that, I've been, uh, other things are just things I've been keeping up with. Uh, the new South Park's hysterical, making fun of the uh, Russian situation. Uh, Councillor Mackey uh, treats the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine as kind of like a nostalgic nostalgia for the 80s and the Cold War for him. And it's really funny. Um, those dudes are just so funny all the time. Um, I've also uh, picked back up on my rewatch of Dexter. Or not rewatch. It's first time for me getting up to it. So I'm finally up to the very last season before the uh, Dexter New Blood. I'm not going to harp on about it, but Dexter in its uh, twilight years was not very good, and it's still not, 
but I heard that the n- next season is okay. So <laughs> yay. yay! So there's that to look forward to. <laughs> I heard the finale's trash, but I heard that the uh, the new season uh, is slightly better. It's okay. <laughs> it's been hot garbage. That's what I'm so doing with my life. I'm guy. glad I dedicated all this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, Steve just spent like 40 hours watching The Next Generation again. So no, now I'm watching 40 hours watching Voyager. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just Elden, We're all gonna Elden die. Ring and other <laughs> stuff. That's awesome. We're going to be in nuclear war in a week. It's okay. <laughs> Steve, what have you been streaming? Well, boy, howdy. I have streamed several things. The first thing I want to bring to the court's attention, if mm. it will allow it, um, is a show you can stream on HBO. Objections. Oh, okay, well, we'll move on. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> Strike that. Uh, it is a show on HBO Max um, called Our Flag Means Death. Chris, have you heard of this? I know, not really. I saw like the picture on HBO Max and was like, huh, nah. So the synopsis for it on Didn't even read it. is the year is 1717. Wealthy landover, landowner Steed Bonnet is a, is an, has a midlife crisis and decides to blow up his cushy life to become a pirate. It does not go well based on a true story. And it really is. Steed Bonnet is an actual pirate during the- Steed, like horse? Uh, S-T-E-D-E. Yeah, Steed. But yeah. Yeah. An 18th century man named Steed. Steed. I just want to make sure I'm keeping up. Yeah, Steed Bonnet. Steed Bonnet is played by the incredible Reese Darby. Um, I don't, it's so funny. If you know him from, uh, he was uh, Murray in Flight of the Concords. He's in the Jumanji movies. He's kind of like the NPC. He's like, welcome to Jumanji. He's in Yes Man. He's the, like the co-worker of Jim Carrey. That he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he yeah, invites him to the Harry Potter party and he's dressed up as Ron. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, it's from uh, writer, creator David Jenkins. Um, Taika Waititi is the director of the first episode. He also uh, has a role in the show. How did I miss this? Uh, it's, it is incredibly funny. It's just the, the peak of like uh, that New Zealander style. Well, we should note to our listeners that you are a huge New Zealander comedy fan. I am. I, I like Flight of the Concords deep. Yes, I, I love all those guys that come from that realm. Uh, but 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 Reese Darby, you know, he's the type of actor that I've just been kind of waiting to for him to blow up because he's always just kind of been in the periphery of like super successful things. Like he might be in it, but as a small role, dancing on the outskirts of greatness. Yeah, but he's so good, and I think that this role is so perfect for him because Steve Bonnet is this cushy, you know. Um, he's this like he's a wealthy landowner like the synopsis said he's in over his head clearly he has a huge imagination you can tell he's just a little boy at heart who just wants to play swashbuckling pirates not fully comprehending what that means so it's a lot of him like what are we doing today guys how about we finish that story does anyone want to know what happens to Pinocchio does he become a real boy and of course the pirates that he surrounded himself are just a bunch of lovable dolts some of them there's one that has a lisp that is like he like thinks he's a badass and he actually wants to kill Reese Darby and do mutiny. And he's trying to get everyone else to do a mutiny. Some of them are like really dumb and he's like, oh, I'm just here. He's paying us. I don't care. And then there's a couple that are actually like, this guy's over his fucking head. We need to protect him. Cause he's like actually paying us. And you know, we don't want our, our golden goose to die. Um, and there's a couple other characters that have, you know, their own stories that make it interesting, but it is legitimately so funny. Like there's a, there's an episode where he, it's like, all right, guys, we finally, I know you've been wanting to do this. We're finally going to take over another ship. And they all get really excited. And it's literally just a couple fishermen in like a rowboat. He's like, prepare to be boarded. And like, 
<laughs> he's trying to like walk down that like rope ladder. He's like, can, can you gentlemen hold it at the bottom? I keep turning. And it's like <laughs> a bunch of stuff like that. It's so hilarious. The first three episodes of it dropped this week on HBO Max. Um, and uh, did you watch all three of them? I watched all three. Yeah, so far, like it seems like a bunch of uh, actors that you might know pop up. I said Taika Waititi's in it. Uh, do you remember Joel Fry from uh, Game of Thrones? He was the guy who wanted to marry Daenerys in the the city. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Zaro's own Daxos. No, not th- not that dude. Uh, the he gets speared at one point in the Colosseum. He, he's the he's the slave owner's son who's like my fi- my father did. What some- is that guy's name? So there's a he, bunch. Of- he was just in uh, Cruella. He was one of the yes, uh, yeah, the side guys. Uh, he oh, played yeah. Hisdar. Is that his name? Hisdar is Lorak. Yeah. yeah. All right. G O T. He's yeah. one of the <laughs> he's one of the pirates. He he has a funny bit where they're trying to come up with their pirate flag name, and, and his flag just or his, his flag just looks like a cat. And they're like, why is it just a cat? He's like, Cats are really scary creatures. They, everyone knows they come from the night and steal children. Everyone knows that. Cats are evil. And it's just like a long growing goal. Cats are evil. Um, Fred Armisen pops up. Leslie Jones pops up in it. Uh, actually, there's an actor who, similar to Reese Darby, I, I'm kind of falling in love with this actor because he's always in like big properties, but he's not a big name. He actually is in The Batman, which we will talk about later. It's an actor named Con O'Neill. Uh, he was also in Chernobyl. He, oh, yeah. He has the real raspy voice. He's the guy that talks like this. Yeah. There's graphite on the ground. That guy. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like, uh, what's his face from uh, Mission Impossible? And he was in Green Knight. Ethan Hunt. That yeah. Guy. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a story, Ethan Hunt. <laughs> Where he just sounds like he's just in physical pain speaking. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's so good in Mission Impossible, though. Oh, yeah, he's great. So, that, that's, what I've been, so that's what I've been streaming on HBO Max. Uh, Our flag means death. Uh, I've watched several movies this week. Uh, Chris, you, you suggested The King's Man last week, so I gave that a watch last night. Did I? You, you talked about it last week. You Did I suggest that if, it? You said that if you really liked the first one that you would enjoy okay i just i didn't want to see to be mad yes what'd you think you said it's better than golden i i think your review is spot on okay good it's it's a perfectly fine you know turn your brain off and watch a movie it's it's not as good as the first one but it's not nowhere near as bad as golden circle yeah um but it's enjoyable i did find myself there's a there's a turn halfway through where like there's a mix-up in villains and i find out when when that happens i kind of almost lost interest completely in the rest of the movie because i'm like oh i like that where that was going before. I mean, I'm not really crazy about this angle, but, but yeah, uh, Ray finds great in it. I, I was really shocked at the action that he finds himself in. It's like pretty incredible. You don't, when you think Ray finds, you don't think like him bouncing off of walls and being in explosions and all that shit. Uh, and that Rasputin sword fight scene is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like the way he, it, he's not so much sword fighting as just doing Russian dancing. Yeah, he's got. He's almost got like it's not a skirt, but his his coat flares as he spins around, and it's it's uh, like a top down crane shot, and it on the marble Russian floor, it just looks beautiful. Yeah, it's it's, cool. it's incredible. Uh, and any movie with Jaman Hansu in it is like, yeah, it's my dude. I love that guy. Yeah, when, when are they gonna give him give, a leading role? Give him a lead role. He's so good. Uh, he's so good. He, he his breakout role was um, Blood Diamond, okay. opposite Leo DiCaprio. Oh, that guy. He's been I, I, in. Wait, how, how do you pronounce his name? I always, I always say Jimon Hunsu. Jimon Hunsu. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that guy. Uh, he's great. He's great. Give him a chance. I'm Star Lord, man. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's The King's Man, also on HBO Max. And lastly, I went to the theater to watch a movie. The Theater. 
called Uncharted. Oh, I'm excited to hear about this. Uh oh, somebody who's actually a fan of the Uncharted franchise. So yeah, uh, everyone knows my love for the video game franchise Mass Effect, right? It's literally my favorite game franchise of all time. Literally everyone. Uncharted knows. is it's my right second, below that is my second favorite game franchise of all time. I have beaten the first Uncharted nine times, mm. uh, and the the subsequent sequels not nine times, but you know, four to five times, probably. I just love those games so much. So when this movie was announced years ago, because originally uh, Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be Nathan Drake like 10 years ago when they originally started making this movie, which still was not a great casting choice. No, it was never (laughs) a great casting choice. So this movie has always been kind of like, not so before you give your review. I'm curious fan cast Nathan Drake right now, as you see it. Well, oh, my my choice is ten Chris years Hemsworth. too late, huh? Chris Hemsworth, I think he has the charm. Yeah, like a Chris Hemsworth or maybe a Chris Pine. I could see Chris Pine doing it too. Yeah, uh, but my dream cast—it's he's too old now. Like if they made the movie ten years ago, it would have worked. Nathan Fillon. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, there, there's that short film that they did yeah. where it's basically Nathan, uh, Uncharted. It is Uncharted. Did, did they yeah. actually say Nathan in it? Okay, yeah, yeah it's a hundred percent an Uncharted fan film starring Nathan Fillon. Yeah, and that's great. Um, but I, like I said, he's too old, but again, so this movie is awful. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, a lot of that's coming from being a fan of the games. And if you want to have an exciting uncharted story with the exciting uncharted action and puzzles and all that, play the game. Don't watch this movie. This movie is a pale representation of what it's supposed to be, which is fine. Hopefully it brings in more people who are like interested, like, Oh, I like that movie. I'm going to check out these games and be like, Oh wait, these are so much better. I love them. Um, so my criticisms of the movie, Tom Holland's great. And he's great in the way that Tom Holland is just great. He's just an enjoyable lead actor that you like to watch. He's likable. I don't think he's a good Nathan Drake, Mm. but he's Tom Holland. So he's fun to watch. No big deal. Uh, but the casting from that point on is so utterly terrible. Not just, I mean, the easiest and the most egregious thing to point out is Mark Wahlberg as Victor Sullivan. That's such a terrible casting choice. And he's really, really bad in the movie where it's just Mark Wahlberg wandering out of the film. Like, hey, kid, what are we doing? I'm not going to betray. What? Oh, I did betray. Oh, it shucks. Oh, I guess I'll just keep betraying you then. Just kidding. We're friends now. <laughs> that's like the whole movie and but everyone else like even the the villains are so bad they're like not good and i can't really get into like the, there's like a big like you they're know so bad they're not good <laughs> you, you know what i'm getting at chris there's like Those a there's like a words. there's like a big spoiler in the movie related to the villains yes but none of there's like maybe four villains i'd say all four of them are trash the scottish guys i think okay because he fits the role of like henchman who's scottish and like ah, I, I you can make jokes about my scottish accent that dude's fine everyone else is just not threatening invisible or serves no purpose agreed um the action in the movie is filmed incredibly poorly like there's action scenes that are just like it's the the paul greengrass style of action where there's like a billion cuts and the camera's like right up in everyone's face you're like what the fuck is happening i don't understand this is uncharted movie i need to be able to see what's happening that's part of the allure uh i mean the best action scene you've seen it in the trailer it's when the the crates are flying out of the cargo ship that they stole from uncharted 3 Hmm. um and it just feels like they're putting the cart before the horse a lot of times because if you know the story of the games a lot of the stuff they're pulling from for this movie are from the final games which doesn't really make sense for that character's character arc to start with that stuff interesting 
it, it, it's really and apparently weird. they take a lot of liberties. And again, I've never played the games with the whole brother story, right? Well, yes, yeah. They bring up his brother, brother, really? Wow, that's a that's it's the a huge that's part of the, the plot. Biggest motivation point for that character is he's trying to find his brother. Wow. Okay. Which, if you play the games, Nathan is so estranged from his brother, he thinks his brother's been dead for twenty something years. So when his brother pops up, it's a big deal, and it plays into that game's narrative of Drake realizing he needs to step away from Uncharting and uh, <laughs> and go nice. in, and settling into his family life. So it's weird that they kind of begin with this thing instead of like leading up to it. But again, I don't have so much, so much of a problem with that because they're obviously going with a different story. There, there. But there's one thing I I, I was laughing in the theater. And I wonder if you think this is as funny as I did, Chris, because I thought it was so funny. So this is a PG-13 movie, right? And there's things you can't do in a PG-13 movie, but other movies get around it. Uh, there's a character, I won't say who it is or what the context is, but there's a character who gets their throat slit ah. in the movie. Fine. Most PG-13 movies will do this thing where that you do like the, the whoever's doing the cutting will do the, the swift throat slicing action. Person will fall on the floor you'll hear like, like that Mm -hmm. dead. Right. And then you cool, whatever you've got around the PG 13 rating. Great. This movie does it. We said, fuck it. This movie said, fuck it. You know what? We don't have money for blood. We don't have money for anything else, but we're not going to hide that. We're just going to make it painfully obvious for several scenes. (laughs) They linger on his face and neck and the wound that is bloodless. It's just like a line. It's literally like someone took lipstick and just drew a line across his throat. He's laying on his back with his neck like opened like for everyone be, to see directly underneath a spotlight so he's like overly lit in the scene and there are two scenes where like a it happens he falls over everyone continues talking and then like a couple minutes later other characters walk into them like oh dead person <laughs> there's no blood <laughs> on the ground at all and it's like they have to be purposely fucking with us like this is so bad and like the death itself was actually shocking and could have been cool. Yeah, um, it could have. But yeah, that that took me out of it for sure. But again, my review, I, I had no no reference point. Right. So there's no expectations to let me down with because I'm not a fan of the games. I'm not not a fan. I've just never played them. So I was like, this is fine. Like I, I maybe because I have a kid, too. So I watch a lot of like. Dwayne the Rock Johnson action movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is just like, yeah, sure. I like Tom Holland yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, like a Hobbs and Shaw or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. You know, I think it's, it's just, just egregious when it's based on such a beloved. Exactly. Property. Yeah. Well, and then Uncharted itself is built on the, the, the franchise of, you know, Hey, do you like action films? We're going to like take the high production valued action films of movies and just allow you to play in them. Yeah. And it does it so well that when you try to export that back into movie form and you just <laughs> yeah. make a subpar C list action film, it's like, why the fuck are we even doing here? Yeah. What's the point of this? Again, other just than watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just, yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because I saw this on Thursday night and then Friday I saw Dark Knight, also a PG 13 movie. Uh, I'm, and just the differences between the filmmaking styles is so contrast where it's like, this is a, not a well-made movie compared to a very, very good made movie. And it was just kind of interesting to see like what this movie did with a PG 13 rating. Whereas where this movie is like, just draw lipstick on its neck and we'll just get away with it. Uh, but yeah, Uncharted, I did not like it. Um, if, if, if you've never played the game, maybe give it a watch when it's on 
HBO Max or wherever when it lands, stream it for free. I wouldn't go out of my way to see it. I mean, that's the result of a dozen different creators trying to turn this thing into a movie, I think. And it just, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, who who was the director who did like The Fighter uh, with Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg? Because that, that dude was supposed to be the original uh, Aronofsky? director. Aronofsky? No, I'm going to look that up. He's like a very artsy director who's kind of full of himself. Uh, but he was supposed David to be David Russell. Oh, Russell. Yes. That's oh, Russell right. was supposed to be. That would have been a good ver- And then um, Dan Tra- Trachtenberg, Dan Trachtenberg, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane, was supposed to direct it as well for a long time. Oh, he's from better. the Totally Rad show. He's a huge Uncharted video game fan. Yeah. Like the, he spent most of his life talking about uh, video games on YouTube and stuff. So. I don't know why that fell through, but yeah, so it's just I don't been know, out of a all, the, all the things that have like come and gone with the production of this game becoming a movie for so many years. I don't know why the one thing, the one constant was Mark fucking Wahlberg, <laughs> right. who literally, yeah. who literally has a fight scene in a Papa John's in this movie. Okay. He does. He does. <laughs> and he gets his ass kicked. Ugh, okay. That's, but that's what I've been streaming. And Chris. like the whole like underground catacombs, they, it, it's, there's no way people didn't know that was there. Having yeah. built a city, it was annoying. I get it. I get it. I think Tomb Raider was better. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Because I like the Tomb new Raider. one. The, I never saw the it. one from like five no, years ago. No, I'm talking about Angelina Jolie, baby. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Both of them are better. <laughs> yeah. Both of them are better. I actually never saw the LSU Vicanter one. That one's, um, that one's, I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's better than this. Okay. Yeah. It's much more faithful, too. Maybe I'll watch that when I get home after Severance. Little Tomb Raider evening for myself there planned. You there you go. Um, you're, is, just gonna, it, you're just going to start watching the, the Angelina Jolie on like half speed, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Uh, I actually did watch Girl Interrupted a couple weeks ago. Any hoozle. Is it on me now? It's on you. I watched a few things. I, I can't remember because uh, I've got the TikTok live going and, and my list of things is over there. But uh, I'll do my best from memory to talk about the most important things. I did watch. Uh, so I watched uh, Ali Wong's new comedy special like last week. Oh. And that led me down. Uh, to so You guys probably all saw it when it came out in like 2019. Maybe not, though. It's a romantic comedy that she stars in. Um, Keanu Reeves has a legendary guest starring oh, where role. Oh, he's like the, her he has boyfriend? the glasses. I know, yeah. I know what you're it's, it's called Always Be My Maybe. Um, a really good romantic comedy. I had a blast. My wife was like, I can't believe you didn't watch this with me. I thought you did. Let's watch it now that we, because we had just watched the comedy special. It's really funny as well, by the way. She's just like laceratingly astute, raunchy humor. Like I, I'm a huge stand up fan. So I'm a big fan of hers. I don't know why I never watched the movie, but that movie's hilarious. Keanu Reeves, uh, he plays himself. Uh, as you guys probably know in the movie as her uh, brief boyfriend, but he plays this like outlandish L.A. actor personality type. Uh, what's the word? Stereotyped person. You know, he takes them to like this six thousand dollar a plate meal where they eat uh, bubbles and stuff, you know, <laughs> and like the normal guy that's there with him that's in love with uh, you know, Ali Wong's character is just like pissed off and hungry like this. What the fuck is this? Now, and, is uh, that Randall Park? I think so. I don't, I didn't, I don't know his name for sure. And I don't want to commit to it, but it's definitely Ellie Wong. Um, but there's a, it's like a five course meal. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, and he's hilarious. Um, so it's like a five course meal. One of the courses, uh, they eat uh, deer meat, venison, and they have to listen to headphones of that animal being killed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just zooms in on Keanu Reeves, like pausing and listening while he's chewing and then going, 
and then taking another bite and like it's just it's taking the hollywood pretentiousness to the millionth <laughs> degree um it's, it's such a funny movie so endearing so i had a great time with that um and then i also finished the after party um highly recommend that i think it's a brilliant show again the, i think the execution i wouldn't even say that it doesn't land it's just it's a middle line of like the the peaks came earlier in the sh- in the show and that's sure. unusual right so it doesn't make or break it but it's just a great time throughout a, a great idea for a show so if you didn't check out the after party on on uh apple tv i would highly recommend that you do that i'll second Please. andy's vote for that yeah apple tv plus my apologies my apologies uh i gotta I did, keep you straight man what else did i watch there's another he- oh i try this is embarrassing like i can i consider myself a cinephile right i like movies yeah so i was like you know what there's a couple a couple blind spots for this year's oscar oscars for the first time in the last decade I think I've watched every nominated film except for four or five. And I've got weeks now to get those last four or five in like the animated film flea. Um, I got to watch that. I got to watch drive my car, which is now on HBO max. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. And I got to watch West side story. It's also on HBO max. So I was like, of those three, what's going to be the most brisk and entertaining. Okay. Gotta be West side story. It's fucking Spielberg. That's I'm going to fly right through this. So I'm sitting with my wife. Risk though, isn't that a long? It's what's well, two and a half hours, but drive my car is three hours long. And then I don't, I don't know much about Flea, but it's supposed to be amazing. But you know, I just—it's eight days long. It's animated, so I chose this, right? So all of that is to say, I was wrong. I don't know if I was in the wrong headspace. It's okay if I don't like the movie and everyone else loves it. That's fine because the cinematography is brilliant. I mean, no one knows how to move a camera better than Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be something you would argue, and nobody would really think you were crazy for arguing that yeah for sure but i couldn't even finish the movie really i got an hour in the first Dang, half i didn't I, know you got that long in yeah i mean there was an hour and 14 minutes left it's wow. a two and a half hour movie so i was sitting my, my wife scoffing the whole time i was like honey we're gonna watch a musical and she said sweeney's hard that's how she talks <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Because she's convinced that I should love Sweeney Todd. And I've told her I tried three times to watch Sweeney Todd. I don't like it. Meat pie, meat pie. I just don't like it. And she's like, it's a great movie. (laughs) So I'm like, honey, we're going to watch a musical. And she's like, Sweeney Todd. And I'm like, no, not Sweeney Todd. We're going to watch West Side Story. And she gives that little like, but I want to watch Sweeney Todd. But it's like my time for the TV. So she doesn't have much to say. So the whole time in my peripheral, I'm watching West Side Story. And I'm like, and it's all these like, like all these greasers coming out. And like, ah, oh, I don't like the Puerto Ricans in my city or whatever the song is. <laughs> and I'm like, I see her scoffing in my peripheral. You know, like, ah, oh, Sweeney Todd would have been so much better. Like that's being said all over her face. And so I'm like hyper aware of that. Maybe that helped me hate it. But I, I have to admit, I was never engaged. I never gave a shit about Ansel Elgort or what was going on. He just got out of prison. He's moving boxes. He's moving boxes in the basement now. I got to stay out of trouble, Kyle, or whatever. <laughs> this became Cartman. I don't know. And there's like a dance off in a, in a gymnasium. I, I didn't even know that they were in high school. How, why are they in a high school gymnasium? He just got out of prison. I'm confused. Hmm. There used to be dances back in the day. So I went to take All a shower. The, the sock hops. The sock hops, yeah. No, the old sock hops. That's yeah. true. So I went to take a shower. You going to the Sadie Hawkins? And I'm like, I'm going to come back after my shower. I'm going to finish West Side Story because I'm a cinephile. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to turn it on. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And I watched Collateral instead from 2004. Uh, that is a baller <laughs> movie. That is a fantastic It is. Movie. It's directed by Michael Mann. It's phenomenal. I wanted to rewatch it because I wanted to make a TikTok about how it's one of the best screenplays ever written. But before I wanted to like make sure. 
Because sometimes I sh- say shit about movies I watched 12 years ago, and then people on TikTok will be really mean to me about it. And idiot. And I'm like, well, to be honest, it was actually a little while ago. So I think you're right. But why are you being so mean? Yeah. <laughs> Chill out, dog. Uh, <laughs> the internet's a wild place. I was vacuuming my cat. Can you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild place. I did a, I stitched a video earlier. The, the question was, what's something that you d- said on the internet that really pissed people off? And so I answered it and said, I said, I liked a movie. And that was it. That's all I did. And they got really angry. (laughs) But anyway, Collateral, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have. It's available to stream on HBO Max. Um, So good. Andy and I went through a phase where we were trying to be screenwriters. And so we read a lot of these Blake Snyder and Sid Field textbooks about how to write screenplays. And Collateral got brought up as often as... Uh, Chinatown, you know, I mean, it was just textbook and it, it is such a tight script, like Chekhov's just fucking coming everywhere. There's just so many references that come up later and they're, they're obliquely and deftly put in to characterize other characters. And it's just, it's maybe not the most like heartfelt or emotionally impactful script by a wide margin, but it is just the, the most sounds terrible, but like the most practical and like textbook use of every, um, you know, screen craft that there is. Right. And another shining example of somehow, somehow fucking, uh, Tom Cruise is underutilized. Like he's such a good actor. Oh Oh, yeah. 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 I love his, he's never gets cast. He once in a while, he gets something amazing like Magnolia. He's only been like a villain twice. And those are his like standout performances. (laughs) Yeah. I think what it is, is he's uh, a stickler for his, he's one of those actors like Vin Diesel or Dwayne Johnson, where it's like, he's an image. Yeah. He's various, a stickler for how he's going to appear in this movie. Yeah. But certain directors, he's like, fuck it. I'll do that for you. PTA. Polly, Tommy, Andy, I got you, bro. You want me to be this weirdo? But yeah, when he's this fucking like silver fox fucking assassin. Yeah, he's great. He's in that. so good. I was watching very carefully, though. He is as tall as Jamie Foxx the entire time. And he's, <laughs> and, and he's in fact not. He's right. Very much. I not. also I'll be uh, this might be um, what's the word uh, controversial. But I think Jamie Foxx is awesome in that movie for the opposite reason. Um, in the last 10 years or so, he's become this. Uh, really a uh, cocksure, uh, confident man in most of his roles, mm-hmm. right? You know, which is probably his true nature. He's like a, you know, he's very handsome and, and charismatic. He's a big guy. I get it. He's talented. But as this like unsure of himself, like person coming into his own, um, like that's really cool to see Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx underplayed and then Tom Cruise get to play a villain. Yeah. Uh, but he's not even really a villain. Like I'm, he's a cold-blooded murderer, but... The script is so genius. It does. I love, yeah, how they pit them against each other, but also together. kind of looks out for Jamie Foxx throughout yeah. the film. And <laughs> Jamie Foxx grows as a person because of his relationship with this killer. And yeah. like learns to stand up for himself and live his dreams. And uh, it's just really fascinating. And also that movie has Mark Ruffalo's ponytail, which I, is... So <laughs> when I was obsessed with this film a decade ago, I was not a huge fan of Mark Ruffalo. He was just like, a, oh, he's in Shutter Island too. That's neat. Uh, <laughs> right? Neat. But now like he's a Hulk, right? So it's just I know him very well well and i was watching this he doesn't have a ponytail it's like slicked back oh yeah because yeah. he's undercover yeah 
Uh, doesn't he have a, like a weird, like, he's man, got like a he's little got a Van Dyke or something no, going he's on? He's got like a little handlebar mustache and a slick back. Yeah. When we saw that movie, that was at a point where uh, Phil and I would have an inside joke. I don't even, it's not even really a joke. It's just like whenever Mark Ruffalo would appear in thing, we would go mock Wuffalo. <laughs> and like so, Black Phil Whip. Like Black Phil Whip. <laughs> uh, so when we would be watching Collateral, I remember one time we were watching it and Phil leaned over to me and goes, mock Wuffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, it's, I don't know why it's funny, but it is. And Jason Statham, maybe J- his best role ever. He's in it for like four <laughs> minutes. So when not even four, he's literally probably in it for three I don't seconds. Him in exactly. It. So I haven't seen this movie in six or seven years. Same. Just, yeah. And I'm just he's in the first scene where he walks. I thought like, I turned on thing? the wrong movie because it opens with Jason Statham carrying this briefcase, and oh, I was like, shit. "Oh, what the fuck did I click?" Yeah. <laughs> so I paused it, and it came up collateral, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah. He hands. He's the one who hands uh, Tom Cruise whatever the briefcase, briefcase of like wow. clients like, to kill and good luck today. And that's, <laughs> and that's all he's in. Yeah. I'm off to film Transporter Four. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty cool. <laughs> It's a goddamn megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the Meg. The Meg. The Meg 2 just came out. I think it's a B movie, but my son likes Big Shark, Did so they, I'll probably watch it. They announced Meg 2 with Jason Statham. Is it a real movie? I didn't know. Yeah, they're making an actual sequel to Jason Statham's The Meg. Oh, my son will be stoked. I watched the first Meg, but they didn't name the shark Megan, and I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> Megan. Yeah, that's... Just, I mean, I finished the first one. I'm not going to watch it. you got to deliver on the promise of the premise. That's yeah. screenwriting 101. Right. Anyway, so that's Call collateral. The Meg. I think I watched something else really important to the show that I wanted to talk about, but I can't recall, so it must not have been that important. Let's move on to our, our main review, the main event, our review of the Batman. I can't do that. Michael Giacconi score. Yeah, there you go. Underneath the bridge. There you go. My top has leak. So I was a huge Nirvana fan. Andy and I were talking earlier and he was like, Hey man, you think they overused that something's in the way by Nirvana? And I was like, I mean, I don't think anybody or overused it. And I was like, I don't think you can overuse Nirvana, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. It was a bold choice to use the, the one song. You you posed the question intellectually. It was a fair question, but I was just like, Andy, I'm the wrong guy. (laughs) I love Nirvana. (laughs) But I think that's, that song is so perfectly paired up with the tone and messaging of this movie Mm -hmm. that it, that, that it's okay. So yeah, maybe if you threw it in a third time, then yeah. you're getting a little greedy. They've compared uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. So we'll do a spoiler free quick talk real quick. But I just want to say yeah. this. I've heard a lot of comparisons to uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman to Robert from The Cure. And uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. I think they could have thrown that in with just extreme comedic effect. Just I don't know where, but at some point, just show me, show me, show me how you do that trick. Maybe him dancing through the mansion or something, getting yeah. putting a suit on. I don't know. Just make an effort. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's uh, what Bruce Wayne is like before his parents died. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Just when he's a kid. No, like he's an adult. Like in this universe, Bruce Wayne's parents died like last week. And it's just Robert Pattinson like, show me, show me, show me. And he's like got like suds in his hair. He's like all happy and shit. Like Home Alone style. Like at first he's yeah. enjoying being Home Alone. <laughs> he does a, ah, in the mirror. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We'll go around the room. We'll say uh, what your expectations were going into this film because this is something we've all waited on since 2017 i think is when it was announced um you know what your expectations were um and then what your overall thoughts were without spoilers after viewing it and we'll start of course with my beloved co-host andy 
Oh, okay. I thought you were about to like pull a pull the rug out from under you, looking at me. My, my beloved co-host, can- the person I love, Steve. <laughs> That's me. Uh, okay. So the question was, what were my expectations going in, and then how do I feel like it delivered? Yes. Okay. So expectations going in, I thought that it was gonna be pretty fucking awesome. And, uh, but I did not actually have all that much of an idea of like the tone or what it was going to be like. Somehow I kind of pretty much stayed away from trailers for this movie. And I'm not one of those people that actively avoids them. I just didn't really watch them or seek them out. When the first trailer dropped, uh, and it, the, it broke the internet. I watched that. But after that, I kind of stayed away from it. And so mostly all I saw was set photos and stuff. So I didn't know going in how much of a neo-noir detective story they were trying to make out of this movie. So it like totally exceeded my expectations for what they were going for. I thought it was just going to be like the newest take on what was essentially already established with the Batman Nolan verse. Um but it wasn't that at all. It was like basically Batman as Chinatown. Uh, and that was fucking cool or seven or, you know, any David Fincher movie you can think of uh, very, very tonally reminiscent of uh, like uh, David Fincher's Zodiac for sure. Yeah. Um, which I fucking love that movie. So um, another Mark Waffle. Uh, Mark Waffle. I, uh, so I was wildly excited about how what they ended up going for with it. And I had seen like pictures of Dano's Riddler and people comparing him to Zodiac. I was like, oh, cool. But I didn't know that that was like really what they were going for. It was like, let's make the Riddler a serial killer. And I was like, that's fucking cool. I also thought that it was going to be rated R. I don't know where. That was an early rumor, but they okay. dispelled that uh, a few months ago. But. I think this movie would have benefited greatly from it. Um, like they established that tone uh, with Fincher, the, the, the Fincher-esque style, but couldn't ultimately deliver on it. And I think this movie would have benefited a lot from some gore uh, just because of the, the grit that they were going for. I think that uh, they could have established this. They, they treated it like a horror. Like the first time you see the Riddler, it is done. The cinematography of it is a horror as a killer reveal. Um, and so I, I think that it could have benefited a lot from leaning a little harder into the horror. And I think that, you know, obviously they're going to make more money if it's PG 13, that's fine. I just would have liked, I think to just go that extra little bit of step. But now, now all that said, um, when we r- ranked the previous Batmans, we we guessed is it going to be where is it going to end up on our list of the ranked Batmans? I think it'll probably. I said I think it'll probably end up being my second favorite, mm-hmm. and it is. Um, I think that uh, right underneath Lego Batman, right underneath Lego Batman. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so it's it's two point five on my list. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I do. You guys laugh, but a lot of people have included the animated versions, and Lego Batman's Dude, always very high. Lego Batman's dope. I've, I've still never seen. It. <laughs> I love Lego Batman. So uh, Andy's number one was Dark Knight. For my those number that one was Dark there Knight, for that and I think it still is. Um, I think that. Uh, Everybody in this movie absolutely crushed it. Like Colin Farrell as the penguin was so fucking cool and like unrecognizable as him. I wouldn't, I would never have believed it, but, and this is probably the first and only time it's ever going to happen. But the worst part of the movie was Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. Like he just whispered his way through the whole film. And, uh, I, I didn't like what he went for. And I don't think it looked like everybody else had a great time. And then he just went in there um, with a sore throat. And 
that was pretty mm. disappointing. Uh, but everybody else, uh, fucking um, Zoe Kravitz, I, I don't know her from much, but she was, she is my Catwoman now. Like she fucking crushed it. Michelle Pfeiffer can eat a dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, what? Zoe Kravitz was How badass. dare you? You take that back, sir. Fucking Cedric Diggory crushed it as Batman. Um, Hufflepuff, baby. Hufflepuff. Um, that's Batman. Thought. It's a Hufflepuff. Maybe he didn't die. Maybe he got transported to another universe. That's how I like to Batman. imagine it. Yeah. So now, having been a hard-boiled detective story, I do think that uh, there were a couple of pretty odd leaps of logic that happened throughout it, but I'll go more into that in yeah. spoilers. But overall, man, it was a great fucking movie. Awesome. Steve and Andy th- ad- Andy added an, uh, an element that I had forgotten because we did make our predictions of where this would rank. So you can go ahead and throw that into your spoiler-free mm. answer on your, so your expectations, your overall thoughts, and where does it rank for our, our people who haven't seen it yet? So my expectations going into this movie is I assumed with full good faith that this would be a really good movie, if nothing else. Uh, Matt Reeves, the director, has, I think every movie I've seen that he's made has, is at least a four out of five star movie. Every single one of them, mm-hmm. like the Plan of the Apes movies, the first Cloverfield movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, these are movies that are like really, really good, or movies I look back on and think, like, wow, that was a really great a moment in my life as someone who consumes movies like i find inspiration from like I, cloverfield was like a big deal for me when it came out like oh my I, gosh I you can make movies like that. that but yeah i fucking love that movie. that was his yeah. was that his debut uh, i think for feature film maybe yeah and he did let me in right he's all, he also f- did let me in yes. he did yeah. Yeah. huge fan of that by the way uh so like that i knew going in 10 something like that yeah yeah so I knew going in, this movie was in very capable hands. And I thought uh, the the choice of uh, Robert Pattinson as a um, as Batman was an inspired choice, but a good one. Um, and then we found out more about the Penguin. So I had I had really, really great expectations going into this movie. Uh, I saw this movie by myself uh, just because my A-list stubs passed. I just reactivated it. So everyone had already bought their tickets. So I went in by myself and it was a very good experience. Um, I love this movie this movie is incredible like uh, like literally if you had a litmus test of like all the things that a movie needs to do well to be a great movie this movie knocks every single one of them out of the park it, um, it is a beautifully shot movie i think of all the batman movies that there have ever been which i think there are there have been 13 batman movies to hit theaters including the animated movies um of all of the movies this is the most gorgeous batman movie ever um, in terms of sound design, there were things happening in the sound design in this movie that was literally making me melt and shiver in the, in the seat. Like, Oh, this is so good. Why is this so good? Um, they, they do this thing where they take the familiar, you know, the story of the Batman, the things we come to expect of Batman and they don't flip them on their head, but it's almost like they turn on another light on it. So you see it from a different perspective and you're like, wow, that's a really you know, not a crazy different take, but that's such a neat, interesting, subtle change in how we think of this character in this world uh, that I'm a huge fan of. And we'll get into more details on what I mean exactly by that in the spoilers. Um, 
you mentioned the Riddler. I love what they did. They, they did some surprising things with the Riddler in this in this movie. Like I went in expecting, like, cause everyone kind of was saying like, Oh, he's like the Zodiac killer. But in Gotham, they even add another layer to that late in the movie that I was like, wow, this movie is now of the times. This is a unsurprisingly, like in the last third of the movie, it becomes very poignant and of this moment in society. <laughs> that I was not suspecting. Like I kind of sat up and my theater, like, wow, this got real fucking real, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, and in a good way. Uh, I'm sure there's some people who would be like, ah, this fucking leftist movie, yeah, but fuck them. Sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a hundred percent already a thing, at least on social media that I've seen. Oh, I, I, you know, Other than I'm, that I'm sure they're also to be woke. I loved it. I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. God damn it. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> get out of your basement. Um, but no, it's 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 fantastic. Uh, if I do have any criticisms there, I I do think it's like it's a three hour long movie, and I and you feel it. Yeah. Like towards the end of the movie, I was feeling the runtime. Um, that's not to say that what was happening on screen wasn't amazing and wasn't great. I was really really buying it. Like a, everyone knows, one of my biggest complaints about modern movies is, is people don't let moments breathe. They don't take their time with things. They're like mm -hmm. rushing just to get to the next fucking thing. And mm -hmm. so they lose out on poignant moments and things that hit this movie takes its time in a very good way. So when moments happen, they happen big, they feel important. They allow uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman to literally walk around and look at things. And yet some people might say, well, that's boring, but it's really not because you really see the story unfolding through his acting and how he's, observing he's doing the you know he's the world's greatest detective this is the first batman movie that allows batman to really kind of sink his teeth into that moniker of him being the world's greatest detective mm -hmm. and i really really appreciate about it um i do think if you took this movie and made it into like uh like a three to four episode miniseries or like what they do with justice league where they released it but it was like in chapters i think that could have taken the movie just a little bit like maybe maybe given it another half star where you can kind of like because even in the, the way the movie's pace I, I found myself in the theater like going end episode one begin episode two yeah end episode two begin episode three. like it has those parts in it where you can see where it could have been chopped up into three episodes or something and maybe that would have worked out because towards the end like there's it does the lord of the rings return of the king thing towards the end where i'm like all right, that was the end. Well, nope, we're still going. Yeah, I leaned over to my girlfriend. And I was like, I thought it was over. Oh, that's the, oh, it's it. Oh, nope, still <laughs> going. And that does lead into my biggest criticism of the movie, which is literally just one scene. There's one scene in the movie towards the very end that I absolutely hated. It just, it just screamed of studio interference and insecurity in this franchise. And, um, it didn't need to be there. It felt like it was directed by a completely different person. It felt so out of place. And it kind of like, it was in that moment of like, uh, where, where this is our sixth ending. So when it got to that, I'm like, fuck, I don't stop. Why are we doing this? Get back to this thing we care about. I'll tell you what that scene is. You guys might be able to guess what it is, but I was not a fan of this ending, this scene. Um, but does that scene ruin the movie for me? No, not at all. Like literally like every other scene to me was fucking perfect. Like this is as perfect of a Batman movie as you can get. Um, if it's not my number one, it's definitely my number two. And I'm, I've still, I don't know if I've landed on a, a side of that debate. Like, do, do I want to, am I confident enough in my decision to put it above Nolan's the dark Knight, Or is this more of a recency bias thing? But if it, again, like I said, if it's not the best Batman movie ever made, it's, 
a very close second. It's, sure. it's so good. It where uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy was very much like, this is real. Like what if Batman was in the real world? This movie is great at taking the concept of it. It, it blends the two together. Like it's a, it, it takes a grounded Batman and kind of molds it with the more like an animated Batman style uh, city and feel, but it still feels grounded, even though there's like definitely comic book hints to it more so than what we're in the, the Nolan trilogy, which is just amazing. I mean, this is a great movie. Go see it. Um, but Chris, what about you? Absolutely. You're, you're the biggest Batman fan, I think, out of the three of us, right? Oh, I've got the tattoos. The tattoos? And a button on my hat. <laughs> um, I, that was a joke. I was making fun of myself. I'm the most outspoken Batman fan. Um, I, I, I love this movie. Uh, my expectations going in were extremely high. How could they not be being such a huge fan of Matt Reeves's work? Um, as soon as the casting was announced, I was uh, I think we all were uh, all three very confident in Robert Pattinson's ability to play Batman early on. I couldn't remember his name. So I said, Cedric Diggory. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just being funny. <laughs> um, so that, that, you know, that was a thing. Um, you know, I, I never doubted him being as soon as that was announced, I had seen good time. Uh, so I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's going to be amazing, I think. Um, um, so anyway, my expectations were very high and it delivered. I think it, as far as these comic book movies go, I know that uh, Andy in particular has fatigue around the superhero stories and 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 for good reason. But you just kind of got to say, oh, this is a thing now and you either enjoy it or you don't. But I think the strongest comic book movies are where you allow and this is very hard because they're all intellectual property. They're franchises. It's very they, they cost potentially uh, $400 million after marketing, right? And they could make billions if done well. So the studios are very nervous about this sort of thing. But when you let a creator put all of his vision or her vision into something, that's when it becomes something unique. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm talking like James Mangold with Logan and Matt Reeves here with uh, the Batman. Uh, to a lesser extent, even with, with Nolan, you know. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I think Christopher, we owe, I think Christopher Nolan for good or for ill is the father of everything we're experiencing now. I mean, He's you could new Spielberg, you could make it an ar an argument that it was Sam Raimi uh, or God forbid, Brian Singer with X-Men. But I think, <laughs> I think Christopher Nolan is the father Let's of go with Nolan. Well, yeah, <laughs> what, you know, the person who legitimized this sort of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we're in the pickle we're in today with all these films. But all that going, all that being said, I, I went into this film with very high expectations and it destroyed, you know, it, it leapt over that astronomically high bar that, that, that was set for it um, in a single bound, you might say, because I think the problem indeed uh, to throw <laughs> a Superman reference in there, I, I think the, the problem that Nolan's universe has is that to me, it feels like Batman running around New York City. It never escapes that. It's like, what if, like you said, what if Batman was in our world? What would this be like? If he just was in Chicago, you know? Yeah. And it never, yeah, because it's shot in Chicago <laughs> and recognizably so. And it, it never leaves that where this feels like it's fucking Gotham, you know, in the way that kind of Burton's films did. So it's this, it's this meshing of, uh, like absurdist camp buying into it, but also there's that gritty realism of like, what would it really be like though? Yeah. There's, there's that uh set piece. That's like the Gotham version of times square, which is so great. Cause you get the yeah, ev evocation cool. of, Oh, this is supposed to be like a times square, but it's obviously not. It almost it's looked great. like somewhere in like China or something. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. And I love everything about this movie, all the choices that were made. I think uh, the the serial killer Riddler 
uh, was super well done and perfectly cast. I mean, Paul Dano's another one that's just like, you never have any doubt about what the fuck he's going to do. He comes with this A game. Do we need a creepy dude? Call Paul. Got it. Even when he's not supposed to be creepy, he creeps me out. You know, uh, isn't he in uh, Girl Next Door, the comedy movie with Emil Hirsch? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, yeah he's creeps, creeps me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little Miss Sunshine, he's not supposed to, it creeps me out. Why you want to, why are you not talking so much, man? It's a vow of silence. He joined the military. That's weird. Um, so he, he absolutely nailed it. Like everybody's going to point to the score. They're going to point to, uh, oh, yeah, the score's the, bomb. The, the performances being stellar, but I think that like thematically that this movie is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, it just, it just floored me. And I know you do feel the three hours, but I think like you said, you could see the seams. And what I was thinking about earlier was like, you could easily cut this movie to two and a half, even a two hour 10 and a brisk studio could come in and slash this up and make a brisk movie out of mm-hmm. this. And I think that that would have been a catastrophic mistake. Oh, 100%. Like I, I know I mentioned, I, I don't think there's, there's only maybe two scenes I can think of that I would personally cut. And the movie becomes three hour, a three hour long runtime to a two hour and 15 minute runtime. Right. You know what I mean? So like, cause, not cause everything else I feel, even I think though I know the scene that really upset you. And I think I agree, but I never like, internally felt that way i was just in so much in all uh, of what was going on um, oh, and i was shaking my head in the moment like don't do this like the possibilities <laughs> of what this could mean i mean this is very reminiscent i think this whole movie stems from uh frank miller comics this is like that gritty like late 80s batman feel um and and i'm or the arkham games even which is in my mind has always been like the best iteration other than comics mm-hmm. of batman and so I, I i fucking over the moon about it this is my favorite batman movie of all time which is and i'm not like a shy fan of the nolan verse i'm a huge proponent of the nolan trilogy i'm getting a lot of flack for it on the internet because i'm very outspoken about this is the best batman movie it is not even close what and is what is the supposed to be the best batman movie dark knight that, oh. I mean, that's the only contender internet wise consensus. Right? And oh. I think that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I think Nolan's the father of for good or ill, all that we're experiencing with comic book movies today. And that'll, but ultimately Heath Ledger outshines everyone in that movie. That is why the movie's so amazing. Yeah. Christian Bale's great, but he's not like, Oh my God, that's, that's my Batman. It's people can't set my opinion. It's hard to separate Heath Ledger's stellar performance uh, from the the movie as a whole. And there's a lot of flaws in that movie. There's a lot of things that don't work. There's a yeah. bunch of studio fingers all over that movie as far yeah. as quick cuts and this and that and setting up Weird future franchises. Places. Yeah. And this is all Matt Reeves, baby. And, uh, you know, f- whatever you want to take that as like, this is the Batman movie. That's a good, jo- that's the best Joker movie of all time. Sure. Uh, but this is the best Batman movie. I love everything. Even about the man who what, laughed. What about Joker? right (laughs) Joaquin (laughs) like this like the the muscle car Batmobile I fucking love it yeah best car chase scene probably ever the tactical suit Batman like I love every choice that was made sorry dude the reveal of the Batmobile was the most unexpected hype moment of my life because I've never been that type of person what's that Batmobile look like what's I gotta see the specs what does the Batman look like but with the way this movie like reveals the Batmobile Oh, dude, when it finally came on, I'm like, I found myself like, oh, fuck, yes. And then he stalls it. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't want to spoil. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let's move into spoilers. Are we ready? Let's do it. You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. 
and then he stalls it. <laughs> and, he stalls it. and what's what was weird to me is that I was like, because this movie was so grim the whole way through, and that was like kind of one of my complaints for it, I guess, is that I could have used a little bit of camp. Um, just because it's, you know, I, I want some, a little bit of fun in my Batman. You know what I mean? It was dark. And I think that's part of why you feel the runtime is because it's pretty morose the entire time. So when he stalls it, I was like, I did a double take. I was like, wait, was that supposed to be funny? And then like, just went on with the action. But like, it, it just like, there are some like subtle jokes. I, I was going to say, I think that a, what a lot of people are going to interpret as misfires or missteps, not to put a, fun, a pun on the on the stalling uh, are actually deadpan humor and that you weren't sure how to receive it. I was laughing. Like, I laughed when he was like, I wish you would have pulled your punch. He's like, I did. Yeah. That, that made, that me, moment's that made funny. me genuinely laugh. I think the whole thumb scene where they're drive. thumb drive is hilarious. Yeah. That's not supposed to be creepy. That's, right. that's funny. And I think the whole scene where they're whispering in the police station, even though all the cops can see them and they're like, what's he doing? That's, I think that's funny. I don't know if it's supposed to be or not, but yeah. I was dying laughing. Because there's like this 30 cops in this room with an open door and you see Jeffrey Wright and he's whispering to Robert Pattinson's Batman. He's like, you got to get out of here. I'm going to I'm gonna give you a key. Gee, and they're all just staring at him. Whispering about it. Yeah, I can hear you. We can all hear you, Jim. We're outside. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything. I think that your guys is just a different perspective and it's all spot sure. on. I thought Jim Gordon was great. I mean, he's always kind of underplayed in the in the cartoons. Yeah, I agree. That's one thing I kind of disagree with Andy. I I love Jeffrey Wright in in this movie. Really? Yeah. I I, I didn't think he was whispering more so than he does in every other thing he's in. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just something about it didn't look like anything to me. I just like the bromance that he and Batman had. Come on, guys. I don't know if Steve watched Westworld. Oh. Yeah, we watched part of it together. Oh, sure. sorry. Yes. I, so that was part of my programming. There was nothing there for me to see. Yeah, picture him in Casino Royale. I think he was just like, Bond, I'm tapped out. Bond, tapped out. I'll stake you. You know, <laughs> that's just, that's how he is. Sure, sure. Um, I Maybe that's just the, the shadow of Gary Oldman. Well, really quick, before we move True. on, I do have to ask, what theater did you guys see this in? We Dolby. saw this in Dolby, baby. Fuck it. Me too. Dude. If Listener, if you have a chance, see this in the best quality screen you have available because this movie's dark. But if you watch it in Dolby, it is the perfectly lit, quote unquote, dark movie ever. Like, oh, yeah. The 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 deep darks that you see are supposed to be dark. It's never an instance of like, I can't see what's happening on the screen. Not to mention Michael Giacconi's score. And the score is amazing. Speakers in your seats. Yeah, those rumble oh! those rumble seats will get you every time. Like the, <laughs> the the car chase scene, I was like having to I felt like I had to hold my dick. I was having like, like oh, you guys remember Days of Thunder ride at King's Island back in the day? Hell That's yeah. what it felt like during yeah. that car chase. Yeah, if you guys can see this movie with rumble seats and like the best Cody screen ever walk don't run so there was two, such a great experience there was two parts where i wasn't i didn't disagree with the direction of the film but i was slightly horrified and shocked at what they were doing uh and i think it's intentional and i'll get to that in a moment because i want to hear your all spoiler thoughts and things that you didn't like um specifically the car chase because there's dozens of innocent people that die as a result of batman chasing penguin yeah and i was like <laughs> No, it's a peony. Penny's also not a fan. <laughs> Somebody outside. I, I was okay. like, that's interesting. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. a bold choice. Uh, and then again at the end with uh, the Riddler's uh, ultimate plan when he floods the city. I mean, presumably thousands of people died. Uh, and I. Oh, I like the fact that 
and the Riddler like, wow. basically succeeds. Yeah, he hundred percent succeeded. Ninety percent of his end goal. He just didn't get to kill the one person that, yeah. like, became mayor. I think is that what she was? Yeah, Real. He, yeah, he didn't instigate the the quote unquote war that he wanted to kind of instigate, but he like left a huge scar on the city, and like thousands of people are damaged because of what he does. And mm-hmm. Batman doesn't stop that. I like that the, the um, Batman chasing the penguin part. Uh, that's more egregious to me um, because like that is genuinely his fault. And it was ultimately kind of pointless where it was like, I'm pretty sure you're the rat. And then 15 minute chase scene to catch up. Yeah, All they got from those people's deaths was a Spanish lesson from, (laughs) you know, which was hilarious to (laughs) me. It's law, not ill. And do the URL thing. Like I was like, okay, (laughs) like, is like kind of funny. Kind You're not of, a fan of the riddles. Kind of cringe. Kind of funny. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, the guy's name is supposed to be Enigma, and yeah. he's supposed to be this laughing dork for sure. For so sure. I, you know, none of the and I was Andy and I were talking on the phone, and I was like, you know, this kind of writing, like Knives Out, uh, Poirot, uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff, it's very hard to do. It's like to have it kind of make logic logical sense, mm-hmm. but also be just very deep cut so that it's impressive when somebody solves it. You know, that's very hard to do. I, I'm not a puzzle maker myself. And so none of this stuck out to me as like, okay, but I had also just watched eight. Oh, that's another thing I watched. I just watched eight episodes of Reacher, the Amazon original show based on Jack Reacher. And which is a great show, by the way, it's a fucking awesome dad show. But in that show, it's the kind of character they can't make anymore. Cause it's usually not interesting. Uh, but things have come full circle. So Jack Reacher is six foot five, 300 pounds, solid muscle. And they cast huge dick, sex machine, uh, brilliant genius, puzzle detective solver guy. Also heart of gold, loves animals, kind to women. Right. So like <laughs> there's nothing interesting about the, that guy. <laughs> except, women. except that it's awesome because it's like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie mixed with Sherlock Holmes or CSI or something. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's fun. But I just watched so much of that where the lo- the, le- the logical leaps are so vast that yeah. it's like, none of this is going to bother me. Maybe that's what it was. So the um, URL one wasn't like a logical leap. I was just like, it, it, it's, it was silly. Like it made sense, like the, the riddle. And like it was just being the IT guy, it was just silly. You know what I mean? But the only logic leap where I was like, really, was when Batman goes back to the Riddler's apartment the random cop shows up. He was like, oh, yeah, that tool that he used to remember that tool they used to kill the mayor at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that they use that for carpet. He's like, huh, I guess I should probably tear up the Riddler's carpet then. Oh, shit. There's words on the floor. I bet that's the code to the video that was password locked. And I was like, wow, you got there pretty quick, dude. And like, I know that he's the, <laughs> the world's greatest detective or whatever, but it's just like it, it didn't make any sense to just immediately be like, oh, he wanted me to tear up his carpet. That was his plan. I thought that made sense, though, because the, the Riddler left it in a specific spot. That's where the clue was for him. And then when he visits the Riddler before that scene, and he's like, you're not as smart as you thought I was. Wait, what? Did he leave it in a spe- specific spot for him? I thought yeah, it was it just was, among what? the paraphernalia that the cops had ransacked in the apartment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like it's near the the letter he has and it's like out in front of him. Yeah, it's in the bat cage with the letter, is it yeah, not? Yeah, it's in that bat cage. So, like, the Riddler left it there. They were just like, oh, it's the murder weapon. And then they set it down. 
And oh, then when he comes okay. back after the Riddler had told him like, oh, you're not as smart as I thought you were. That's when he put two and two together. Like, oh, he wants me to use this. Oh, and unlike the penguins. Okay. I like it more than unlike the penguin <laughs> Spanish lesson. I bought that a rich yeah. kid wouldn't know what that blue collar tool was, but the cop would. Mm-hmm. Right. I um, get that. It's just, so for me, I didn't know that it was in a, a, a specific spot. I thought it was just a, yeah, that's the tool that he used two hours ago. And I was like, also he, okay. He, he used that on every victim. Did he? Yeah. Cause he hits, um, the, oh, yeah, right, the district yeah. attorney in the head with it in the car mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Well, he killed the district attorney with a bomb. The other person he killed with a rat. Yeah, but, yeah, but, he, but he knocked him out. He with hit it. him. Oh, with did it. He's, he's like, okay. he's like, and go see why I duct tape you. Gotcha. Go see, he, go see why I if you listen, you. if you turn it up, yeah, because I got the subtitle version. That's pirated. what it says. Yeah, he's like, go seep while I duct take you. It's mm. weird. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a weird, <laughs> bold choice. And then he goes, <laughs> <laughs> I do love that part in that same scene where he like comes in and the cup's like, hey, what are you doing here? You can't be here. He's and Batman time. just looks at him like, all right, but don't go through nothing. And then he starts going through, hey, stop looking, stop going through that stuff. And then he looks at him again, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot your super scaly Batman guy. <laughs> um, so I really want to know what was the one scene that you really wish wasn't there the joker set joker right yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. loathed that because yeah. it's so unnecessary to the story and we've had so many joker things in recent memory like the batman can exist without joker for a minute can it can it exist for a fucking yeah. minute and it's fucking barry keegan the weird and irish kid from the green knight killing the sacred deer and green knight yeah. and they give him this and i know you know uh, colin farrow has some prosthetic stuff on for the penguin but they had it looked like they gave him this like incredible schnoz on him this prosthetic nose i think his nose is just big no it was like it was like oh, was witch's okay. arch nose and, <laughs> and i'm just like what the scene doesn't exist. This guy's not really bringing much to the table in terms of like, because we've seen Academy Award winning performances of this character. And he, and you know, again, that's probably not the point of what the scene is, but like he didn't impress me as a Joker. Yeah. The scene was filmed weird. Uh, and then they just start laughing together. Like, ha ha ha, we are both evil. Ha 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 And it's just kind of like, you could have just not had that in here and this movie would have been that much more perfect. Like it was one of those things where it just screamed DC like, you gotta put the Joker in. So yeah, motherfuckers love the Joker. People, people love Joker. We greenlit two more movies. You need to put them in. So I read an interview where Matt Reeves said that there was actually one other scene with the Joker where they did kind of a Silence of the Lambs thing where um, so mm-hmm. um, Batman goes to interview Joker to try to get like a idea of a profile of what Riddler is doing. Mm-hmm. And he goes and interviews Joker about it, which again, I think is a terrible idea. And I'm really glad that they cut that. Um, I would have liked to see some Batman esque uh, silence. Of the lambs homage though. for sure. Just not with the Joker. I, yeah. I don't know who else, but yeah, I just like that idea. Like mm-hmm. we already got Chinatown and seven and Zodiac. Like, There's some silence in there. Yeah, for sure. I just want to see more like a, more diverse Batman because Batman has the best rogues gallery of any coterie. Super, a coterie of villains and they're the best and so when people just only focus on the Joker if it's like I really would like to see more stories featuring you know the Riddler for example I want to see more Riddler I want to see more uh, fucking Firefly or Hush or all these other characters you don't always just have to default to Joker like I know he's Agreed. a very integral part of Batman but you can save that because they've already greenlit two movies, save it for two more movies and two uh, HBO Max spinoff shows. Yeah, um, I didn't know all that. Actually, I think is Matt three. Reeves attached to all yeah. this. He's one's going to be all? called Gotham PD. That's one of the shows. Okay, and one show is going to be about hey. Arkham. 
I thought one was a uh, three penguin. Yeah. One's like the penguins rise sort of like, um, Corleone rise to power. Okay. One is uh, Gotham PD. Didn't they just so it's do like that a, with the TV show Gotham. That was all about penguins rise. Uh, oh, well, yeah. he was in it, but he was it was a big character. It was more about Jim Gordon. Gotcha. And then the third one would be uh, some kind of Arkham Asylum story, which might be like Riddler and Joker or something like that. But you're, you're right. I, I would love, here's my dream thing. And this is never going to happen. Is my, you guys know where this is going, right? Can you imagine who I'd like to bring into this universe? Case two, Case of, course. of course. As the Joker? No, well, that is Zoe an idea Kravitz I have. dies, and now she's Catwoman. No, no, no. <laughs> we need Zoe Kravitz, and we need Poison Ivy, played by Kristen Stewart. Well, I would also accept a female Joker, but that would make the, the neckbeards lose their fucking minds. So let's keep them calm. We need their ticket money. Let's let her play Poison Ivy. And then we get a Gotham City Sirens. Okay, I'm out. Okay, I'm in. With Margot Robbie, Kristen Stewart, and Zoe Kravitz. I'm in. Give it to me! I'm in. Okay, I can see it. I like that. I like it. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. See that in Dolby. (laughs) Going back to what's been announced, though. So there's going to be two more Batman movies starring uh, Cedric Diggory, directed by Matt Reeves. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Should be. Um, I want to talk specifically about like one of the things I, I, my favorite things about the movie, like I knew from like the first 10 minutes, this movie is going to be amazing. I love the portrayal because they do this thing where like they have a voiceover, which is, I thought was a bold choice. I I was like, yeah, that's an interesting, it gets really video gamey year two. I've been Batman for two years. It's Halloween. The rain didn't keep everyone away. And like, it's very noir. But I love how they Attack set up ships over the coast of Orion. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen things. They, I've seen things they could never imagine. Uh, but kind of what I was talking about, about uh, taking what we know about Batman and just shining a different light on it. I love the setup of um, they're showing three different uh, criminals doing three different criminal acts. And they're really playing up the suspense of like, oh, the bat signal's up there. So the criminals know that Batman's out. So all these criminals are doing their, you know, ne'er do well things, but then they always have a moment and see the shadows and they kind of stop and they're scared. Like, is Batman in those shadows? Is he, is this, am I the target tonight for Batman? I love how they kind of really sit and let you live in the mind of someone who's a criminal in Gotham and having that kind of second guessing yourself like, Oh shit, should I be doing this? The Batman could just run out of their shadows and beat my ass. Um, and then finally when he, because a couple criminals that like one dude spray painting stuff on the on the bank and he looks and he runs away the one dude spray painted broke (laughs) yeah on the bank and broke uh the one dude robs a convenience store and like a green pumpkin mask or something yeah and he gets scared and runs away i mean they all commit the crime but they run away afterwards but then when he finally when the batman's finally revealed he literally is just walking down a hallway you hear him coming it's so different because the boots are a statement yeah like you hear the clunk 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 he's got like spurs on his boots so there's that little jangle of the spurs and you just feel the weight of the suit as it's like just trudging down and this hallway there ain't room enough in this town for the boat yes. <laughs> but then wah, he like wah, wah. slowly is revealed out of the shadows where like other batman movies he'll be like upside down like, i'm here and yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah no he just slowly walks up to them doesn't even say anything like you know he went down the subway stairs dressed like that yeah to get down there and that's the best part this batman isn't flying around you know this guy walks everywhere he needs to go or gets on his motorcycle you know so real quick so yes that is 
is the coolest intro shot of Batman that's ever happened, right? And that's the first yeah. time we see him when he walks yeah. into that yeah. subway. But him flying around, I fucking love that, where he like runs up to the edge of that building when he's trying to escape that building. I can't remember why he was there. It was the, poli- he was the police. The police. Oh, that's right. He's running away from all the cops. That was kind of silly. There's like, there's a million cops now. And he's like <laughs> running upstairs. Yeah. But when he finally gets up and like, he's still new to this. So like, he gets to the edge. He's like, oh, fuck. That's really yeah. hot. That's he's really cool. He's never tested he out the parachute. Jumps out, busts out his wingsuit and fucks it so bad. Eat shit. Eat shit. That was painful looking. That, yeah, that the sound he design there. Dead. The sound design there was so solid. Uh, I'd love that he's just brutally gets shot. This Batman is what Batman really is. He's just another psychopath in a suit. And he's probably making things worse. Yeah. Trying to work through his own grief. And I think that that is such a compelling character. And that's why I love this movie so much. Well, I love the, you mentioned the themes earlier. I love the theme, like that scene where he comes out of the shadows for the first time and he beats the shit out of those thugs who are beating up this poor dude. After he chases off the thugs, he try he holds his hand out for the other dude to like, like you're done. Come on. And the guy's like, Please don't hurt me. He's, he's legitimately he's scared of terrified. Of and then guy. at the end, when he rescues all those women and children from behind the, the stadium barricade after he cuts the electrical wire, um, he pulls it apart. He's and he reaches his hand out to help him. They all recoil and step back in the shadows like yeah, fucking weirdo in the mask. I don't, uh, what's going on now? Is, is this getting worse? Are you with them? We don't know. And they don't decide to come out with him until the little kid who are generally more trusting. And I think it was the same little kid. It's uh, the mayor's, it's the mayor's kid, right? Yeah. So he, he's like, Oh, this guy's cool. He was in my house when my dad died. So <laughs> <laughs> I like so, this guy. <laughs> so he grabs his hand and all the, you know, the new mayor is like, Oh, I guess it's cool. Right. So I love that idea that they, cause that's how it would be like, who the fuck yeah. is this? And I, and I love the idea of how, you know, he starts off like I'm vengeance. And then he's confronted at the end, like this whole mission of vengeance that he's on is really what's bad for the city. Like people are also seeking out vengeance and it's making this culture of people who are just angry and want to fight back. And so he. Yeah, they even got he, the kid from Ted Lasso. He wants to fight back. He's vengeance now. Yeah. Everybody's vengeance. And it just, you, you see him kind of realize, oh, I'm the problem. And so he decides in that moment to not be the symbol of vengeance, but to be a symbol of hope and to actually just help people instead of just beating up people, uh, beating up uh, criminals. I love his, his brutal fight style. And I, 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 I was talking to Andy earlier. I say that I keep saying that a bunch, but I was talking to Andy a bunch and uh, we talk a lot. <laughs> it's true. I, I feel like I have to like reference that or Andy's going to, it's a dumb like flaw of my character where I imagine Andy going, he said that this morning and he's just going to act like he just thought of it. But uh, <laughs> Andy's going to call out your bullshit on the show. You said that at 10 AM. You liar. But I felt like I really did something because there's this visual motif uh, along with what you were saying, Steve, that, that I love so much of, of a voyeurism of, of watchers of outsiders because the film opens with this shot of just POV binoculars yeah. and there's this heavy breathing that you can tell is inside of a mask. And so I don't know about you guys, but I initially thought is this Batman? <sighs> Cause that's weird. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's just watching the mayor do his thing with his family. And then you find well, out that it's the Riddler that has well, been watching same, the whole time. That same scene. I've, I've heard a lot of people say that they thought they were doing the, the, the Waynes are about to get murdered. Because they thought that he's looking in on the mayor and his son. That he, a lot of people I talked to thought they were looking on the Waynes and little Bruce Wayne before, you know, yeah. ultimately what we know happens. Are pearls, are pearls broken off yeah. and fall we, on the ground? We're about to have pearls. But then they, <laughs> Matt Reeves juxtaposes that because shortly after we get inter- introduced to Batman, we also see Batman 
being a voyeur on Selena Kyle, looking through binoculars through her windows. And I think that's entirely intentional. They're both outsiders who only watch real society and are unable uh, to join in. And that's how they are very similar. And the, the Riddler they, sees their similarities, but Batman's very upset at that notion. You said that this morning. Don't act like you just. <laughs> <laughs> I love how many similarities they, they construct between Batman and Riddler. Yeah. And they're subtle. Like the movie doesn't beat you over the head. Well, like, the vengeance thing's pretty explicit. But well, yeah, but the, the, when but the villain's like, I'm vengeance. And he's like, oh, fuck, I do be saying that. <laughs> but there's never any moment where the Riddler's like, we too are the same. And then, you know, like, I mean, he kind of has that, like, I see a kindred spirit in myself, yeah. but there isn't like, like it's subtle. Like if you look at the background and what the Riddler has, like it, they don't outright say it, but it's implied that the Riddler's dad was the reporter that was digging up dirt on Thomas Wayne. And he was murdered because Thomas Wayne asked uh, Falcone to look into it. Where do they imply that? They say they're, well, they, they talk about, Oh, he had this kid. And then, he was, he mentioned that he was put in the orphanage around that time. And it's just, it's, they never outright say it, but it's implied that the, the Riddler is supposed to be that dude's kid. Okay. And that's why he's in the orphanage. That. And that why he, that's why when he, he has such a hate boner for Thomas Wayne. Cause when he finds all that shit out, he's like, this is the guy that got my dad killed. I want to fucking kill him. Even though really Thomas Wayne announces the, the MacGuffin of the movie, the, the, what is it? Reconstruction fund or whatever. Uh, 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 Revitalization. Uh, re resilience. Re, uh, renewal. Renewal. The renewal fund. And then it dies five days after he announces renewal. So really Thomas Wayne didn't have a lot of time to be corrupt like everyone else is. He just made a mistake of asking a mobster, hey, can you scare this guy to not, you know, spill dirt on my wife? Uh, and also that guy's also on the payroll of a mobster. So he's not even a good person to begin with. Right. Is this unique to this Batman that Martha Wayne has a history of I believe mental illness so. and yes. so like that he has he has his family now has a history of mental illness and like so that kind of lends into oh she's in Arkham like didn't they say that yeah. she's in the Arkham that's name? her maiden name is that supposed was that always a thing I think so oh, okay so it's like I, I this is the first time I've ever seen where it's they're just genuinely pointing at like yo this is actually pretty fucking psychotic what you're doing right here Batman like yeah and I'm, I'm here for it yeah, absolutely. For sure. I, I mean, love there's the been some dark, like, again, this is very Frank Miller, um, almost like something like, um, what's his name? Alan Moore would do with the Batman character, you know, really kind of uh, dissect and subvert like, hey, this is kind of fucked up, you know, with what he did yeah. with the Watchmen is like, these are fucked up people that would do something like this. Mm -hmm. You know, Rorschach is a maniac, uh, awful human being. And Rorschach's always been the Batman analogy in the Watchmen comics. Uh, so it's. You know, Alan Moore knew he was a psycho. And and I, I like that uh, about mm -hmm. this film. I think it's uh, like you said, Zoe Kravitz was uh, just phenomenal. I love her physicality. She's so yeah. not to be an idiot, but feline the way that she moves. Um, she's always had a seductive nature to her character and, and she nails that. But she also is uh, very human in a way like Michelle Pfeiffer played this batshit crazy lady yeah. that was just far less identifiable than, than Zoe Kravitz's character is just, uh, she's the world's greatest thief, you know? Um, yeah. And, Michelle Pfeiffer is a much more iconic, uh, sure. Catwoman, it's but yeah, Zoe Kravitz is very much more, uh, far better character driven like with the goggles acting. on the forehead, like game Arkham game. You could see Zoe Kravitz doing that, mm -hmm. you know, and cause she's becomes Batman's reliable partner on and off. And I like that. Um, I did appreciate the lack of cat puns. 
Yeah. Yeah. There was just one. You got a lot of cats. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, I take, I love, uh, I like taking I in strays, strays yeah. which is obviously an allusion to Mr. Br- Mr. Bruce himself. Well, I guess um, at the end she does go like the bat and the cat has a nice ring to it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't sound anything uh, like a Dr. Seuss property. So we'll be fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, talking about the way that she moves and stuff, though, that that's I think one of the best things about this movie was the fight choreography and the way that it yeah. was shot. Like every sh- it's the complete opposite of what you were talking about with the action mm-hmm. in uh, Uncharted. Like everything is pretty wide out and uh, it's long takes and uh, it's choreographed exceptionally well. Oh, yeah. And like every fight scene is just absolutely it's it's like almost little hints of John Wick. Yeah, um, it's badass zoe kravitz has this mood uh, this move where she like i don't know she, she her back is towards her assailant she does this weird flip where she grabs his head and she's so slender she slips in between the guy and the pool table but at the same time like brings his head into the pool table yeah. when that happened in the movie it's like oh shit that was cool my favorite part <laughs> was so subtle and this is where i was immediately sold like so batman's introduced we get the the video game voiceover and i love all those like um earpiece spits between him and Gordon and he and Selena mm-hmm. Kyle, because that's, that's so Arkham gamey where it's like, okay, I'm in the room, you know, like mm-hmm. it was such a video game thing to do. I was so fucking loved it, but and he's got the cameras, the contact uh, cameras, yeah, which is the watching motif, yeah. bringing that back, baby. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, there's more there to explore uh, with eyeballs in this movie. Um, but the first time we introduce Selena Kyle, like she, she's, he's watching her undress, which is creepy. So we're characterizing Batman. She gets in her, our Catwoman outfit and then she just slinks over the fire escape, like really deftly. And it's just yeah. like these subtle, almost inhuman movements. And that tells you everything you need to know. If you knew nothing about this character, but what she's possibly capable of just this little, you know what yep. I mean? And she just she does it. She does it so effortlessly that that tells you everything that you need to know. And yeah. I, I was like, yes. Like she didn't have to do anything else. And I would know, I knew I would, I could tell she'd fuck you up, you know? And then the way she kicks the shit out of Batman, but he's just got his armor. So he's like, quit, stop it. I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything. I just want to talk. Stop it. I'm vengeance. I mean, oh shit. Shit. Stop it. <laughs> now I, I also love, I mentioned earlier about how this movie gets super real, super quick. So we mentioned how the Riddler is essentially the Zodiac killer, but I think that the actual layer they make it is like, not only is he a, analogous to the zodiac killer he's also like if you took the zodiac killer and also made him q from QAnon, yeah uh where he has this uh back channel that uh, was hilarious black, to me uh like dark web you know uh squad of followers who are like waiting for when are the next riddler drops happening and they're like this little subscribe smash yeah. that like button guys yeah you finally see a video of the riddler like hey guys thank you so much for this community it's really helped me out <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you, were you reading the comments on the right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. forget the saran wrap guys. Yeah. <laughs> These masks are all at Walmart. If you well, need them. I, yeah. I was, it, it, it sucked because I was like not watching him and I was reading the comments too. I was like, I wonder if there's like some fun little thing in there, but then they like zoom in on them later. I was like, damn, I should have just been watching Paul Dano. Um, it's just hilarious that the Riddler has, he, he, he brought y'all Kata together and the gravy seals were his linchpin of the, of the, of the, of the movie. Just had a bunch of dumbasses and camo with hunting rifles who think they're going to assassinate everyone in Gotham. All right. Uh, from the rafters. Yeah. It was supposed <laughs> to be like a Turkey shoot of the survivors and, you know, presumably all of the wealthiest, most powerful people would have been safely 
taken to the stadium. So yeah. decent plan. I know a lot of people saying his plan was a dud, but I'm like, I think that's a decent plan. That was one thing that uh, made me cringe. And I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny or not, but it made me laugh when the cops discover that video, but it's locked. The one cop is like, oh man, he's got like 500 followers. And I'm like, <laughs> is that a lot? <laughs> like, Streaming things has got more than that. <laughs> We suck. <laughs> I think it is a lot when it's a serial killer. It's like, oh, yeah, no. when you're on the dark web. <laughs> yeah. But it, like, they never say that, like, what the platform is. It's just like, he's got 500 followers. Like, but I also oh, okay. think Matt Reeves is 100% taking a shot at the neckbeards of the world. Oh, absolutely. And like, that's, absolutely. that's why that scene is also funny. Like, fuck these guys, you know? Yeah. yeah the, the thing that the movie does is that, yeah, like, corruption's bad. That's something that everyone can because the linchpin of this movie is how corrupt the city is. Like the mayor's in on it. The police are in on it. The DA played by Peter Sarsgaard is in on it. Weirdly uh, played by him. Uh, well, he's tweaking the whole time. He's tweaked yeah. out. He's on drops. He's on drops, baby. My, my, he's on them Q drops. My car's over here. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a creep. I love ball. how he played that. He was, well, he was like a hapless dumb creeper though. Like, Hey, you trying to get back to my place? No, I'm leaving. Uh, all right. You also feel like he just doesn't <laughs> want to be alone because he thinks he's going to yeah. get murdered, which he does. Yeah, he totally does get murdered. Uh, uh, well, what was I going with that? Uh, but uh, I, I, the, the movie gets so real. Like it, it makes the point of like, yeah, corruption's bad. We can all get around that, but you cross a line when you go into murder. And he even does that with, uh, I love his line. He says to Selena when she's like about to kill Falcone and he, mm -hmm. he's like, he stops her because like Batman doesn't kill people. But then he says something where he, she's like, he's got to pay. And he goes, you don't have to pay with him. You've already paid enough. Yeah. Like, I love that, that line. line. And that that's such a good line that applies to, you know, a lot of people. I, I made fun of them, but like the gravy seals, you know, you can part of you <laughs> can sympathize with that of like being someone who feels like you've been left behind by society that you know the, the world's kind of like left you by and you're you're sure no, no one's looking out for you i can sympathize with that plight but you lose me when you're like i'm gonna get my turkey rifle and go in rafters and start murdering people well that's what i love about this and you said it you know you, you said it sister but <laughs> <laughs> those guys are the other side of the batman coin and that's the tragedy yeah. of his character and he and he does realize that in this movie like oh no i'm a fucking mm -hmm douchebag well nolan established that too with like when joker's like yes you, know, you open the gates i can exist because of you yes you know and they're they're using that in this also um but but i, I think I, nolan uh because of warner brothers probably doesn't explore that any further and, mm -hmm. and reeves kind of open that wide like no this that is a fact it's not a maybe like you're you're a menace you mm -hmm. know what i mean i think he back kind of backed off where it was like Am I a psycho as well? I just no. And we talk, I am justice, you know. And we talked about it. And am our, I wrong? No, the children are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that in our Batman ranking, which is like, what would we have gotten if uh, Heath Ledger hadn't died? You know, um, sure. But uh, I, I I was thinking about that this morning. Um, like, I still feel like it's probably my favorite. Dark Knight's probably my favorite Batman movie. I don't know because this is really fucking good as a standalone. Yeah. Whereas Dark Knight needed the Batman Begins first. Of course, oh, that's I a mean, good point. if you combine the two runtimes, it's probably close. But <laughs> to the runtime of the Batman. But this is the. This is the longest Batman movie ever. Sure. It's also the second longest superhero movie of all time. Second only to Avengers Endgame. Wow. <laughs> Which is insane when you think about this as a third, if you count Zack Snyder's Justice League, though, right? right? Oh, I mean, like, to theaters. Like, I mean, a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dang. Dang. Shots fired. But what, uh, sorry, you were making a point. Right. Uh, I, I think I made my point just that, um, you know, I, I was struggling with like, this might be better than the dark Knight. like dark Knight, There's no getting around that. Like Heath Ledger shit all over every other person that's ever acted in a Batman movie ever mm-hmm. by a mile. Yeah. And he's just, when he's on the screen, the screen lights up. Um, but it, it required a, a setting up to get there. And the reality is that maybe it didn't even need that. You know what I mean? Like we got the entire origin story of Batman. That's exactly what it's in the title. Batman begins as opposed to like, if did did Batman begins need to exist in order for dark Knight to exist? I don't know. Maybe. Um, But this is a full on just standalone. I didn't even know that there was going to be two more. So I thought that this was just, this is the Batman and that's it. And I made my Batman movie and now I'm gone. And I I didn't know that Robert Pattinson was going to do another. So I thought that this was just going to be the one thing. And like we had our fun and moving on. Um, So I didn't know any, any of what you guys are saying. So that reframes it for me a little bit, but I was thinking to myself, like as just a, Hey, look what we did. And wash my hands of it i was like it's pretty much you know you had one at bat and you hit a grand slam you know and mm-hmm. that's uh yeah this movie's fucking incredible yeah Did i mean you guys know I, that- I think you could make an argument for either film being the best batman movie and, and no one mm-hmm. would bat an eye it's like you're not a madman and partially my it's not even close is just uh a hot take you know mm-hmm. just to to add some more oomph and weight to a, a useless opinion but i just think um, there, there's, there's better filmmaking on display with the Batman is, is something yeah. I think I can unequivocally state. Um, I agree now the, the rewatchability and sheer glee that comes with the dark Knight is just hard to match from anything, not even just comic book movie wise. That's just mm-hmm. as a Batman fan, as a Nolan fan, as what I thought was capable of existing in that, you know, frame of you know, frame of mind, you know, that, that what's the word genre, um, was just, holy shit to just blew this thing wide open, you know? Um, sure. That'll never be matched. But this movie, I think, um, as far as having the balls to go places with the character and stay, say things about our society and, and it, all of that, uh, just bonkers out of this world. Did you guys know that John Turturro was in this movie? Yeah. I, well, did, I yeah. didn't know going did into you, it. I, I, so I didn't know. Did I know before I saw it? Before you saw yes. it. Yeah. I see. I did not. I didn't know there was supposed to be Falcone was in this. So when he shows up, I'm like, is that fucking John Turturro? <laughs> is that Jesus? And then they're like calling him Falcone. I'm like, what? What? I thought the penguin was the, the, the crime guy. Isn't the penguin the crime guy? <laughs> Who's the crime Who's guy? Who's the crime yeah. guy? And then he's like, oh, no, penguin is Falcone's little Take it number easy, two. sweetheart. Take it easy, sweetheart. You don't know the difference between La and L. <laughs> I love Even it. Even I know, Dad. I'm the penguin. Where'd you go to Gotham Public? <laughs> And so part of what I said earlier for my gut reactions was that I wish this was rated R and like, because I, I feel like it would have benefited a lot from gore with like the suicide, uh, the uh, ser- serial killer. I don't know what I was going to say. Suicide getting eaten by rats. Yeah. Dude being get, eaten by rats. He shows, he's like, look what they did to him. He's like, Oh, what are you showing me? <laughs> I, I, love, I love that part so much. Cause you think like a hardened criminal, like the penguin wouldn't do that, but he's like, Oh, come on guy. <laughs> come on. Oh, come on. It's too early. It's too early. I can't see that. I'm going to, throw up now. he's hilarious uh <laughs> the only part i wanted to uh, rated r was at the end when batman is pummeling the guy on the rafters after he takes the adrenaline shot to save catwoman the, and they pull up his mask lasso guy they pull up his mask and he's like 
it looks like I punched him once, you know, he's like, <laughs> his face is just he's a got red. like an owie mark yeah. on there. And yeah. I, I wanted like teeth missing, nose yeah. flattened and vacant like that. Yeah. That would have been awesome. <laughs> and that's where I thought, you know, you were going. That's where I agree. Agreed. I'm and OK with all the horror Hitchcockian off screen serial killer stuff. I'll st- you know, yeah. sure. I love some gore, but I think it was fine with just a Ooh, I'm pretty sure you fucked him up with those rats. You know, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. The movie is rated PG-13, but honestly, like it. If you had told me it was rated R, I would have believed you just because the tone and yeah. the way they kind of. Then that's where the I way think, you kind of sit in that world. It, it, it has that feeling that you have when you're watching a rated R movie, but they never actually do anything explicit. I think the most explicit thing they do in the movie is the police captain's like, fuck. Yeah, like, like, that was first. really early on. And I was like, oh, you used your one. There's your one. <laughs> I, I think there's a high probability of a ton of parents that brought 10 year olds with Batman shirts to this that are very upset. I'm sure I think there's yeah. a high probability of that. Yeah. This, this, this reeks of like, you remember when there was, I just a PG took my 13. kids to seven. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, Aah. well, you remember when like there wasn't a PG 13 rating. So parents are like, let's go see the temple of doom. Pre temple of doom. Right. The movie yeah. where the guy rips your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, we don't deserve an R though, but we agree. It's not PG. Kelly Ma. <laughs> yeah. This movie's so, so good. Um, I just, I, th- we can get in the weeds of like all the, the, the great layers that we can peel back thematically. Like I, I, I do love how often uh, Bruce Wayne finds himself in situations that people are like, man, these fucking rich people. And right. I hate privileged white guys and Batman just looking. I'm like, I'm a privileged white white guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk that way. Sorry. This, this is awkward. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, there was another point I wanted to make. I sure, it was it. super good. If though. it comes, it was really good actually. Yeah. But if it comes back, I liked okay. all the comic book references. We got uh, Hush written on the wall by the Riddler at one point. Um, the first murder on Halloween is in reference to the Long Halloween, I'm sure. Uh, year two, obviously, uh, in reference to to Frank Miller's run. Um, I think those are the three that I caught, like mm. uh, explicit comic, legendary well, they, comic references. They had the penguin in there. Sure. <laughs> they had that woman. <laughs> Jim Gordon caught that, Bubby. <laughs> I, I did like uh, I like this portrayal of Alfred. Um, it's very different. Um, you get the feeling that Alfred's the one that trained Bruce how to fight. Yeah, yeah. which is always the case. I mean, and back in Burma, uh, Burma, <laughs> Michael Caine's voice is so amazing. I, I, that's he had a ruby. That reminds me of a fish. Yeah, the approach was just so completely different in this movie, and I think it was. Uh, uh, deftly done. I wish he was in it more. We don't need the origin. Like Andy said, we know his parents died and, and, and Matt Reeves was very smart to avoid all of that. We also, we, we get very little Bruce Wayne and the Bruce Wayne that we do get. Robert Pattinson is extremely uncomfortable. He's pale. He's almost comically afraid of the sunlight. He's, uh, he's in an ill fitting suit. He's not. And that's I what that I he like. Has to, he has to write journals to remind himself. Cause all the days run together. Cause he's just up all night. Yeah, He's a nut. Yeah. He's a nut. He's Whereas, a, and the Riddler does the same thing. It's another parallel yes. that he's an insane person. And like Nolan's Riddler. universe. Bruce Wayne is this fit, handsome, uh, he's always got two chicks on his arm. I, I buy the restaurant. I'm a good, I like to party. And like, uh, and all the other Bruce Wayne's are like that, you know? And that's what people I think that are saying, this is a humorless movie or missing, but like, this is more true to the character. He's a nut who runs around all night in a suit. So mm-hmm. of course, you know what I mean? Of course it's going to be a little awkward socially. And we also don't get any of the typical Alfred and Bruce interactions that we would normally get. It's, I think uh, I was a little disappointed. We didn't get to see more Andy circus, yeah, uh, but I great. understood why. 
He says something uh, after he almost dies and they're in the hospital. I can't remember what it even was referenced to, but I remember he was, he said something to uh, Bruce Wayne that I was like, that is a really interesting idea of what their relationship is to one another. Oh, it was where he was like, my, you blame yourself for your parents' death. You were a kid. You're a, you were a child. It was my job to protect them. I'm the one that failed and I didn't know how to be a father to you. And it was this really like, yeah, that would be the real conversation. Why did the other Alfreds ever say like, hey, you're a fucking kid. How could it be your fault that your parents are dead? Like no one ever said that to Christian Bale when he was Batman. (laughs) In Alfred's grief, instead of like getting the kid some parents or helping him maybe some therapy because you know his in this universe his parents died in 2001 uh i read online it's like they definitely just left at intermission for shrek the musical (laughs) (laughs) and it's like instead he trained him for battle his whole life and fucked his head up do you know what i mean um so just interesting it did bother me a little bit through like when they got into the real Zodiac stuff, like, oh, he has a cipher and shit. It just like cuts to Alfred sitting there like, mm, I figured it out. He's doing his crosswords. <laughs> yeah. He's a fucking brilliant man. I mean, he did have it wrong. He yeah, raised the right. world's greatest detective. I love the uh, cufflinks bit. He's like, well, where's your cufflinks? And he like takes his off and gives them to him. Like, you have to wear your cufflinks. Like he's you, British. You get, uh, yeah. I, I love it's like the first. There's scene. also a cool character moment. I'm sorry. Where oh, he says. It. Like uh, Bruce is almost kind of an asshole and he sees the W on there and he's like mm, Wayne cufflinks. And he's like, yeah, your dad gave me those, you know? And it's like, bitch, I was here before you were, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a cool moment. I did like as the first scene with Alfred where I, Alfred, I forget what he was saying, but he was saying something like, uh, Oh, you, you got to make appearances. You got to go outside. And, and Bruce is like, you're not my dad. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, he's, that. he's young. He's emo. All yeah. of that is, is funny, but also intentional, you know? Oh yeah. No, it works. And he, I don't know, it's just such a really good spin on the character. Like, they really sat down and thought, like, if this is a person who is going out dressed up as a bat every night, what does that actually mean for their health, for their mental state, in a way that none of the other movies did? And I think a lot of people who are saying that it's a humorless movie are kind of, I agree with you, they're kind of missing the point because there is some levity. But when you compare it to like a um, Batman versus Superman, which is, you know, I dislike it because it is humorless, but it's also a bleak movie. Like there's nothing really to hope for in that world. It's really dark. It's really gray. Everyone just seems miserable. Now, in this movie, Bruce Wayne seems miserable. There's not a lot of jokes to be had. But in the fact that, you know, there, there just seems to be this more like aspiring light that everyone's trying to get to. I don't know, it's hard to describe like it's missing in, in those kind of Zack Snyder type films but it's in here where there's this hope that the, everyone's reaching for of trying to make this earnestly trying to make the world a better place trying to stop this killer trying to reform the police trying to be better yes and I, where I feel like the Batman in the Snyder films isn't trying to be better he's just he straight up shoots he, people. He's just fucking murdering people. And right. it's like, oh, okay. Superman just got a bunch of people killed because he flew through a fucking building that crumbled 9-11 style. And, and that's where, like, I think there's a difference in how I heard I whoop, 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 9-11 style. Whoop. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. It just <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> it's been 20 years. It's allowed to be funny now. No, it, no it's just with the Gundam style <laughs> oh, reference. Oh, oh, oh. It's like. <laughs> 
coming down and then reversing back up. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you guys took it too far. <laughs> Both of you are bad people. <laughs> hey, Andy had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Andy was thinking it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, yeah, I, I cannot wait to get this on fucking 4K steel book. And <laughs> I want that poster so bad. Which, which one? Well, all of them are amazing. The marketing for this film was phenomenal because we get these floating head posters a lot. I think this is some classic good postering. Uh, but I, the classic, uh, the red tinted one with just the bat and kind of the rain. But I also like the question mark uh, Batman cowl. That's kind of like an optical illusion. It depends on how you look at it, whether or not mm. you see the Batman cowl or whether you see the question mark. But my favorite is the half red Batman, half blue uh, Catwoman poster that's the one that i want i don't know if i've seen that one i have to look that i up. want zoe kravitz on my wall because if you look up imdb the poster they have is the floating head one where it's it's not a bad floating head of all the floating yeah even head their posters. floaty head one is good i know what you're talking about i saw a video on that so this is the zoe kravitz and batman oh okay oh I, man i like the, the lighting on those those are very stark and contrasty. Ooh, I like, like them. the European poster. That's very cool. That's what I want on my wall. But I, I would. Dead, I'm going to put dead over my I bed. I would certainly hang yeah, that up. That's that's a great. The the all red rain. A, I love that poster. One, yeah. yeah, that's dope. I'm supposed to get my Harley Quinn tattoo on uh, in April, and I wonder if I should switch it now that the Batman's out. What's your it. Harley Quinn tat- tattoo going to be? Is it just going to be? The word puddin' written on your bicep? Yeah, baby. No. <laughs> so I have the killing joke, as you know, on my left forearm, and Andy found me. Uh, some Harley Quinn art that matches the uh, tattoo that I already have. Are you going to get it on your other arm? Like the opposing arm? It's going to be back here and I'll have the Harley Quinn diamonds and some ha ha ha's separating the two images. I'm trying to find you the image. I know this is an audio podcast. This might be a bold choice, but what if you went with he he he's instead of the ha ha ha? That is a bold choice. (laughs) That's the Harley Andy found that kind of just matches the art style of this Joker. Okay. Yeah. Um, And my, my artist can kind of, you know, play on that and make it, make it his own. Are you going to tweet these photos so people who are listening can get the context? Yeah. I want them involved in my tattoo process. I think that's all I have to say about the Batman. I mean, I I could honestly go on for hours, but my bladder won't allow it. Um, Do you guys have anything else that you want to say? Not in particular, man. I just, I'm so glad that it ended up not being a dud. And yeah, yeah. It's genuine. Also, real quick, I want to give a shout out to the title card at the beginning. It's just fucking huge on the screen, filling up everything with red. The Batman. I was like, let's go. Yeah. What's that song that the Riddler sings? I can't remember what it was playing. Uh, Ava Maria. Ava Maria. Yeah. It's Ava Maria with The Batman. Yeah. It was really cool. Which is like some guilt ridden Catholicism shit. I'm pretty sure. I'm not a religious man. But what a way to set it off, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Excellently done. And this could have easily been a huge dud because this is a character that we have explored many many times and really doesn't need to exist so there's so many ways that this movie goes wrong and uh it 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 somehow was the best in my opinion um not only just not only was successful but reinvented it again and was exactly what i needed so props to the batman yes props to you well that's about all the time we have this week my name is chris i'm andy and i'm steve happy streaming